Show me something. Hello and welcome to the Show Me Something podcast. I'm Jacob. I'm Will. And I'm Trevor. And today I showed the boys North by Northwest by Alfred Hitchcock, the uh, iconic film uh, mainly known for the, uh, the scene where the crop dusting pilot is trying to basically destroy the main character with a plane. Really? Yes. It's like a classic shot. Classic where you, scene. Where you, that one shot where you see him start to run away as the plane is approaching him. Coming in on him. Yeah. It was a good shot, too. Um, so, yeah. What did you guys think? Well, I enjoyed it very much. Um, I would say it was a little bit long for my liking. I felt that a few of the scenes were a bit more dragged out than they needed to be. But with that said, wonderful set pieces, a great lead performance, um, a really good script overall, good intrigue. Uh, I'm thinking a solid 8 out of 10. Right on. What about you, Trevor? I really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't think it was super long. I thought maybe like... I looked at the time stamp maybe like once where I was like, man... A lot of stuff's happened so far. How far in? And it's like, oh, man, we're only like halfway through this movie. Jeez. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, no, I really enjoyed it. I'll I'll also give it an 8 out of 10. I really had a good right time on. with this film. It was yeah. not, I don't know, for some reason I was expecting it to be scarier or more. Definitely not supposed to be a scary movie. More intense. More I don't know. Thrilling? Cause I, cause I guess because of Hitchcock. And that, that was just my mindset going in. It was like, okay, this is going to be like a real like intense, like nail biting kind of situation. And it really wasn't. And I enjoyed it. Did you find rope to be that way? Rope was definitely more of a scary, like uh thrilling situation. It wasn't scary. No, it wasn't scary, but you know what I'm trying to get at. I hope like a thriller. Yeah. It's more thrilling. Interesting. Anything like at any moment it could go really wrong. And in this movie, it didn't feel like at any moment it could go really wrong. I think every moment it did go wrong. Yeah. In this movie, <laughs> I guess, but like not um, in the same way. He didn't feel the same way. Yeah, because in in Rope, literally any moment could be the end of the movie. I think that this one also had that with multiple like false endings in it. I guess I didn't there were feel a it. bunch of false endings yeah. in this film. I didn't feel it in this one. I think that's one of the things that makes it seem long, is because of all the false endings and like twists and turns, um, especially in the um, like final scenes of the movie where like people are revealed and things yeah change well, it happen. still doesn't feel the same as rope as in rope was like definitely very different movies. any moment someone could find the body in the movie's over at that point yeah. whereas in here it's like oh we're kind of it, it might be done oh it's not done oh it might be done it's not yeah. done. Like, i mean at any moment he could be caught by the police and the movie could be over right yeah but it wouldn't be over because you know it's not going to be over at that point yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about the body and rope. Anybody could find the the body, and then it might not be over. But that is, right? I have, <laughs> it's like the open ended, like yeah. But to me, it felt it felt different. When, it felt different from that. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel you. Okay, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate with it. You know why? <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I like this movie a lot. Um, it's one of my favorite Hitchcock movies. Um, yeah, it's. I I just think that all the set pieces in it and the performance is like really fucking solid yeah the set pieces are crazy i mean it it's mm -hmm. almost like a it sets a precedent for the level of action movie set pieces that we see nowadays yeah um, yeah the things that i had in mind while watching it were like the mission impossible films especially the more recent ones um like 
You have, I think it's Ghost Protocol, where Tom Cruise is like climbing up the fucking Burj Khalifa, the yeah. tallest building in the world, which is yeah. in Dubai, right? He's like classic scene climbing up the outside of it, right? So the scenes that involve Mount Rushmore. Speaking vaguely about it before we enter the spoiler zone. Yeah. Um, and I think so much so that Abby was telling me that she felt the ending um, where they were on that set piece felt cheesy. Yeah. Because we're so used we're, to it. We're used to it now. To where, I agree. Like, over the top things are like, oh, it's just like, oh, it's already been done before. But like for that it, time, it the, was amazing. At that time where they built this like beautiful physical set and yeah. they had these actors doing this crazy, really physical. It was thing very cool. In like very formal wear. Yeah. It's yeah. like. I think it's awesome. It's dope. So wait, what's your rating out of 10? I think it's a nine and a half out of 10. I think it's okay. pretty much perfect except for that it's a little bit long. So lower than rope. Did you no, say rope was rope. nine? I gave rope a nine. Okay. In, in the heat of the moment, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Interesting. When we were talking about yeah, it, which yeah, will yeah. probably happen with this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so you say rope nine and this nine and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think rope is a nine and this is an eight. That's fair. The the length. This is, one is definitely more um, what critically regarded than than Rope is. Rope is a little bit lesser known than North by Northwest. North by Northwest is definitely um, a higher rated film. I mean, you can sure. see even like on like IMDb and stuff, it's like in the easily in the top two fifty. And Rope is. Just I wonder why that is. I don't remember I'm what really I gave. Sure. I don't remember what I gave Rope, but I do. I did like this. You one said more. eight out of ten for Rope. Did I? I think. You said yeah. you liked this one more. Yeah. Cool. I liked this one more. Yeah, I mean, honestly, for a lot of those Hitchcock movies, they they I I like them a real similar amount just because they're all so, so good. Yeah, <laughs> I think having seen neither of these beforehand, yeah, I enjoyed Rope more on surface level because I feel like I've seen a lot of this film before, and that isn't really fair to it because obviously it be, it came before a lot of the movies that I've seen that are similar to this. Yeah. But in terms of like the bottle episode, quote unquote, nature of Rope versus like the big set piece nature of North by Northwest, I feel like I've seen a lot of films that have emulated the set piece feature of it. For sure. Versus Rope, like I can't think of a lot of movies that have been in one place besides like 12 Angry Men, more or less. And that's not really a thriller. That's just a great film. Um, You definitely have to usually have to like seek them out. Right. So I the direct comparisons to North by Northwest are more evident for me personally, which is why maybe I wasn't as wowed by it, but at the same time like I really enjoyed it while I was watching it. For sure. I just thought that it was a little bit long. Yeah. There are some parts that I thought that could have been cut out. Cool. Whereas Rope I didn't feel that at all. Rope is very short. Yeah. Also, yeah. Rope is only an hour and 20 minutes. It's like a whole hour less than this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, this film was long. It was long. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually watched it in three parts. Because um, I, I watched some of it before dinner one night, and then I watched some of it after dinner, and then I stopped and then went back to it after that and watched yeah. like the last 30 minutes. That's partially my own fault, of course. Did but. you guys know anything about it going into it? No, I knew nothing about it. I did. I only knew about the iconic scene, but I didn't actually know what the context. It doesn't really. Yeah, it doesn't tell. Yeah, you no, anything. no, I knew about the plane, but I didn't so, know. Anything no, about. I knew nothing. Like I feel like the main things people know about it is just like the cinematography. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Which is also great. Yeah. So, so spoiler, spoiler zone. Yeah. Cool. So 
First, real quick, I just want to say uh, a weird thing that I came across today in my own research for an episode we recorded earlier, Fleet Foxes. Their debut EP uh, mimics the title like screens of this film. It totally oh, really? does. That's wild. Oh, yeah. So the That's Fleet wild. Foxes EP, the one that was uh, used to be hard to find, but is now widely released under the Fleet Foxes collection. Uh, it is... The cover of it is an, an immediate reference, I want to say. Like, absolutely. Sure. That's absolutely a reference to North by Northwest, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. So the, 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 the title screen of North by Northwest where the titles show up on the windows of a office building in green and white. Yeah, like the streaks come across the screen and then we slowly fade into the actual office building yeah. look. But God, that, that was my first note on here is a Beautiful. really cool title sequence. Beautiful like, title sequence. I really sequence. liked the... The green and white stripes into the just the actual office building. Yeah, Hitchcock yeah. was really fucking dope at that stuff. Yeah, um, did you guys see him in the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Very, that's my second note. Is Hitchcock right at the beginning at the bus? Yeah. One of the things too about watching it on Amazon is they have this feature called X-ray. Oh yeah, where so can... like for whatever reason, if you pause the film or if you actively look for the quote unquote X-ray portion, it'll show you like what actor is playing what character. It will also show you like trivia notes or goofs. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And so I happened to pause it during the credits to write that note about the Fleet Foxes cover. And it showed me Alfred Hitchcock credited as Man Who Misses Bus. So I was <laughs> like, oh, fuck. So his face. then I was like, well, there's the cameo, right? Because obviously he's in every film that he's made, yeah. I think, right? I think he's in he all the cameo. On, he I might was, have, there might be some that he missed, but, yeah. he but that's, the most that's part, like his thing. Yeah. I was purposely looking for him in the title sequence because last time with Rope, we didn't see him, so we assumed he was in the title sequence somewhere. So I was like, "All right, let's give it a look right yeah, now, I see doubt. if he's there." And then he happened to be. So yeah. it was. Yeah, this you, one was much more obvious. Yeah, he he misses yeah. the bus right at the beginning of the film. Yeah, he like Hitchcock is a very uh, easily seen person. Very, like, he yeah. has such a distinct look. Notable yeah. man, yes. Especially Have, his profile. Did mm-hmm. either of you see the trailer for this film? Nope. No. Okay, I would uh, recommend you both check it out after this. It's obviously too late for this now, but he like apparently made a trailer for this film by himself. It's super fucking weird. Is it like, that right there? It, he pulled yeah, up? he's like, yeah, yeah, actually, yes. It's him talking about the film to the camera directly, and he like shows a few scenes of the film in the trailer, and Riss and I watched it, and we were like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> And then we turn the movie on and nothing in the trailer happens for the first like hour of the film. It's a very odd thing. I know he was kind of known for making his own previews for films, I think. I don't know. Maybe. I think. So if I'm wrong, obviously I'm, I'll take the L on that. But I want to say <laughs> yeah. he's more than one time he's made a trailer for his films. Um, this was very strange. The tone was off um, and awkward almost. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. Mm-hmm. But not regarding the movie at all. Just a quick note. Yeah, no, I own. definitely will check it out. Um, yeah, so this movie starts off with seeing like a busy ad executive who is talking to his um, secretary or assistant or whatever her Bro, job Bro, New York be. looks so claustrophobic and oh, insane yeah. in these mm-hmm. opening scenes. Very claustrophobic. Everyone's stealing They show cabs. that even in the scene, in the credit sequences before they show him. They show how crowded it is. Like It looks awful. 
Yeah. Um, everybody's in a business suit walking around. They've yeah. all got somewhere to be. Um, but yeah, he is, is giving her some um, notes and things that she needs to do while he goes to meet these guys for a lunch. And stuff to do tomorrow, too, because I think yeah. he was going to People in. to contact, things yeah. to that need to be done, mm-hmm. um, basically. And yeah, he goes to lunch, but first he does steal a cab, like you were saying, from this yeah, he, guy. Yeah, he's like tells his secretary, who didn't bring a coat, to walk out with him to the hotel, I guess, that they were going, that he's going yeah. to meet these people at. She's like, can we get a cab? And he's like, no. And she's like, I didn't bring a coat, and I'm tired. And he's like, fine. So they get a, they get the cab, and they steal it straight up. He's like, oh, she's sick. She's <laughs> he's sick. like, you don't mind, do you? And he's like, well, I guess not. I guess not. Yeah. And he just gets in and goes. Um, I don't know. It was, it was funny, like, talking with his secretary about, like, got to call mother, make sure to yeah. remind her, and all that fun stuff. I think, also, it, I think it definitely sets you up for the type of person that this guy yeah. is. Yeah. And also not the first time he steals a cab in front oh. of a line of people in the film. Yeah. He that's his favorite thing. That's his favorite hobby. He likes he likes ripping <laughs> cabs. cabs. <laughs> um but yeah, he goes to meet these guys at um at a dinner. They're all sat on the same side of the table. Very odd. Very strange. <laughs> Three men in a booth seat and then yeah. he takes the one table seat. Yeah. Because it's like one of those half table, half booth scenarios. And all three guys have martinis already. And he does ask for a telegraph because he realizes that he, he messed up in the timing of uh, when his uh, assistant should be contacting his mother. Yes. Yeah. Also, briefly, very early in this film, I think that uh, it's Clark Gable, right? Who, the main character? Yeah. Cary Grant. Thornhill. Oh, Cary Grant. Sorry. Yeah. Thornhill. Roger Thornhill. Yeah, I think it's Cary Grant. It is. Yeah, it's Cary Grant. Um, his sense of humor and like his quippiness and wittiness is like immediately apparent oh yeah like he's so fucking funny throughout this film he is yeah and it's like i don't know hitchcock to be like a writer of funny films or a director of funny films even yeah but i laughed a lot throughout this film and it started in that cab ride where he he referred to lying as expedient exaggeration. <laughs> wrote that as a quote. Um, and he also asked his secretary, do I look fat in this suit? And then says to himself, I look heavy-ish. Heavy-ish multiple times. And he but, said, think thin. I mean, even in yeah. uh, even in Rope, um, the female character, I forget what her name is now. But Janet. She, she, was, she was very funny. She was pretty funny. Yeah, Janet was good. Yeah. Um, she was the only comedic relief in that. And she though. didn't appear much no like whereas this like thornhill obviously is the main character yeah, yeah. but it's like and similar like, stuff to where it's just like very like quippy um, yeah quippy and like smart little lines yeah that they have. no i love his sarcasm all throughout he he is hilarious throughout the entire film and i think he says like uh remind me put a note on my desk for tomorrow morning that says think thin yeah you know he's like <laughs> think thin because he feels fat right now like, <laughs> that was great so that's obviously before they get to the restaurant and my next note was uh, I wanted to go to the Oak Room. That fucking bar or restaurant looked so dope. That they go to? <laughs> oh, yeah. So cool. Fucking beautiful. Dude. It's really so cool. cool. Like, let me hang out there, please. But also, the Mater D, whenever he first walks into that hotel restaurant or whatever, like, walks up to his, like, he gets right there in his face. Yeah, very close. There's no personal space in that. Yeah, like, that felt like he was not a very good actor. Yeah. Like, it seemed like Could he was be. very, like, waiting for a cue, hitting his mark. And like moving on. Yeah, and I think like the way you see him approach. Yeah. yeah, I think this might just be me. I don't want to put it on YouTube, but obviously, given the time that we're in right now with this whole COVID nineteen thing, 
social distancing and like the whole like six feet rule being a thing, it was very prevalent to me throughout this film how close everyone got to each other. Yeah. But it was also a thing that I noticed in Rope before COVID-19 really blew up in the last few days. Um, that like, uh, I don't remember their names now, but Brandon and Philip. Yes. Mm-hmm. Brandon and Philip always spoke very closely to each other. Like, True. That within... was also because they were in the same apartment trying to keep secrets with True. other people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But even this, they're trying to. I mean, it's a, very a lot, secret. A lot in the film, they're trying to keep secret yeah. and try to stay away from people. There were a lot of very close moments in this film, and whether that's just an, uh, like a. Um, I think it makes also things more dramatic. Yeah. yeah. So whether it's a byproduct like you of don't the time, want a drama where people are standing six feet away from each other, <laughs> like that doesn't make any sense to have that conversation. Yeah, no. I to be so. fair, I oh, that's the only time I thought anyone was standing close was whenever that actor, like whenever the Mater D walked up to his face. Otherwise, I didn't actually pick up. Okay, on that. yeah, Walked I noticed it a few times, but I think it's just because we're hypersensitive to that right now. That could given be everything's going on. For me, it was just, for me. I was just like, damn, he got really close. Yeah, like wow, you are like exchanging breath up like straight there. up yeah. and for me i just thought he was a bad actor and that's fair <laughs> it was just that one guy i thought it was going to be a recurring thing for a minute and then it turns out it's really not no it's like super not um but yeah so he gets up to um write a telegram um yeah. and for, for some for reason it ha- it's in the next room he has to cross the lobby yeah right. but for some reason that's what tips off so there's two I, strange guys. Well, they, they show them before this even happens. They yes. show them when he sits down and is talking to the other people at the table. And they point right. to him. So I'm not 100% sure why they thought it was him. That's pretty much the only detail of the film that I am unsure on. But a lot of it, I, I even at, towards the end, a lot of the stuff I'm unsure about and picked up just now this third time watching. Because really? this, this is my third viewing of the film. Okay. Um, and I picked up stuff at the end that I didn't remember. Interesting. At the at the very very end, which yeah, too later. This this moment, like as it happens, I wasn't really concerned about it. But in the immediate aftermath of what does happen, I I found myself asking, like, how do they get to the assumption that this yeah. man is Kaplan? Yeah, but I think it also adds to the confusion. You're supposed to feel the confusion yeah. with the main character. Why is he the one being um, thought to of being Kaplan? Like when he doesn't apparently look like him, he's not the same size as him, and he has nothing to do with any of these scenarios. Right. Like, yeah. That's why he's so confused. That's why we're confused in the beginning. Like I feel like it's supposed to feel that way. Yeah. I, I wish they would have given us something. Like because I was because even to... the FBI agents are like, we don't even know why they've tailed him, but this is great for us. <laughs> yeah. This is good for us. Yeah. But like. Like something, like maybe something he said to the um, guy that he was asking where the telegram booth is. Yeah, and it's possible, but it wasn't explained, obviously. No. It wasn't there. I just, I feel like there was not something, at least to me, that was like, oh, that's why they thought it was him. Are these henchmen, henchmen guys just dog shit at what yeah. they do? <laughs> Did they there just was pick no someone? light bulb moment. It seems like they just picked someone at random. It's like, oh, that guy walked in and he's talking to some important suit looking guys. It yeah. must be him. It's like, yeah. this is... There's a lot of people in suits in that bar. <laughs> like throughout, throughout the film, I kept asking myself, like, did I miss him identifying himself as a name that sounded like Kaplan? Nope. Or it's just like they just they say that's him. Yeah. They yeah. I mean, off rip, they like notice him and are looking at him. It's the whole so time. weird. I mean, my my one of my thoughts later on was that okay, 
Maybe it was one something of the, that like that one was of planted, the, and they expected somebody to be there, like to a, sit at that like spot. a fake plant, yeah. Like where the FBI, because uh, we find out later that the FBI is constantly moving this target around right. in yeah. different places to very specific times, right. very specific locations. So it's possible that this was like an accidental. Plant. I guess, yeah, but and they never mention it. No, my I'm only, speculating. My first thought was that one of the two henchmen was the agent interesting pulling like moving far ahead yeah there's we find out there's a secret agent planted within this guy's thing or whatever so i was like okay one of the henchmen's the agent and he just decided yep that's him as a way to keep himself covered yeah no i definitely like that, that was one of my thoughts later on but then that's quickly disproven so i was i still have no idea why yeah so that's then, one of the glaring plot holes i feel like is why he was identified yeah Definitely. If not the only glaring plot hole. Mm-hmm. I so think it's the, the only thing that... The rest of the film is really intricate and yeah. like... Everything weaves paced. together. Yeah. Um. So, yes. So, they kidnap him um, at gunpoint. And he, the whole time, is making like these quips and like is like, what is going on? He's so fucking funny. <laughs> I mean, like, I'll keep saying it throughout the entire episode probably, but he's so funny in this moment. Yeah. Like... The, yeah, he's, he's indignant, obviously, because he's like, "This isn't me that you're talking about." But he has lots of little quips that are like now common quips in comedies. Like yeah. in the back seat, he says something, and of course, I didn't write it down, so I can't say for sure. Classic hashtag short notes from uh, from classic, Will. yeah, classic short notes. <laughs> I write very shorthand when I take notes. Um, he has a he has a line in the car with them on the way to the mansion to the Townsend home. The one like, oh, not telling me where we're going, huh, or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's a it's a line that you've heard by now in every film where anyone is kidnapped. Yeah, like at all for the last yeah. fifty. And years. the backseat is very cramped. Yeah, yeah. He's it like couldn't right be more middle. cramped. Yeah, it could not the be classic. More Three grown men in like a small car. This yeah. has to be some. That is not a full size sedan. No. I mean, for the time, it might be. Mid-sized sedan. For the time, it might be. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so they take him to the Townsend uh, Manor. It's like a dope manor outside the city. By the, the way, city. he is Sweet very manor. calm about this whole situation. Well, I th- He's just confused. It feels like he thinks... Yeah, he's confused, and he thinks that he can talk his way out of it, because clearly he's not the person they were supposed to capture. True, yeah. for sure. So he but- knows that like once I talk to uh, Mr. Townsend... I'll be able to explain it. Like, you yeah. can see when they first talk, he's like, I'll show you my ID. This is right. not me. Yeah. And it gets weaved further and further to where, like, of course you have a fake ID. They do a great job at that. Yeah, he's I like, love... Well, he's, he's like, like well, fuck me then. <laughs> I love how he continues to have these conversations at the the Townsend home, like, from the moment he gets in the house to when he's in oh, that... Mr. Townsend is great. Amazing. So I mean, good. like just being like, you know exactly what game we're playing. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and he's like, like I really have no idea what you're game? talking about. Like, yeah. Over and over, he he's really good at... Uh, Cary Grant is really good at portraying how incredulous and like confused he is. Mm-hmm. But also like being angry and indignant about and what's happening to him. Man. Yeah. yeah. Super confident. I mean, that first scene... With him and the secretary walking through Grand Central about like this and this and you do this. As he's like making their way through like the biggest crowd the of The busiest crowd of, in New York City. I mean it, it, it really sets the tone for how good he is at his job. And then you immediately take him out of that scenario into something he's entirely unfamiliar with. And how he still owns it. He still owns it to himself. 
but obviously isn't succeeding at all. Right. In terms of Van Damme, who's yeah the name the man, aka Townsend. Townsend, yeah. So in this part of the movie, he's Townsend. Yes. Right. Um. So yeah. So they are. They bring him into the library of this manor, um, where he is not allowed out. Um, he's in there with Leonard and Mr. Townsend. Mm-hmm. Leonard um, is like the, his like secondhand man. Also, like he looks the most evil and pointy man. I've second, ever seen. second to none in terms of like just pure physical menace. You can yeah. clearly tell he's a villain. I honestly yeah. imagine like, being him in real life. A lot he of just look like a villain, dude. So villainy and like. A lot People of times in the film, I thought that like this is the guy who acted as Jaws in the James Bond franchise. Mm, yes. <laughs> like he's got a very similar. He could have been if he was bigger. physical structure, he's, right? He does have a very Jaws vibe to him. Yeah, of he's the a menacing he's henchmen. a bad dude. He's Although a Jaws bad dude. is like the goat. Jaws is yeah. Jaws is the goat. Yeah. Jaws, Jaws is absolutely two awful James Bond movies. What but, uh, great character? <laughs> what James Bond movies haven't you guys seen? I've seen all of them. I know you have. I believe I've seen all of them. Maybe not one of the newer ones. The fact that we can't talk about James Bond. The only two that I haven't seen are the ones that aren't canon, the non Eon films. So the one where Connery came back and then the original um, Casino Rail comedy. The one where Connery comes back isn't bad, but. It's not Eon. It's not Eon, yeah. That's a shame that we can't talk about James Bond on this podcast because I know Cobb and I fucking love James Bond. Love James Bond. I love James Bond. I can't wait for the new one. And Trevor does too. Now I'm learning. I didn't know that. No, despite how problematic they are now, they're great films. Classic. They're products of the time. Therefore, you must put yourself in the mindset to still just enjoy it. There he is. There he is. Shout out Trevor. Shout out Trevor. Fucking No Time to Die. (laughs) Carrie Joji Fukunaga. Last Daniel Craig film. Cannot wait. Can't got, wait to see who's next. Got postponed because of fucking COVID. I hope it's Idris Elba. That'd be dope. That'd be cool. But also, he's got COVID as well. he tested positive for COVID. Yeah. No symptoms. Spooky. All right. Anyway. No symptoms? So we're at... No. No it's, symptoms. Like Tested I, positive. No symptoms. Because he's rich. So far. <laughs> he's got so, that rich people... Imagine if he never gets symptoms and then we're, we have a whole new thing. Where now he's like, just spreading it though. People don't know they have it and are spreading it. Yeah. Possibility. Oh, that's terrifying. All right, so we're at Townsend's house. So By the my, way, real quick, speaking of terrifying, this is a legit fear. Being misidentified, either arrested or kidnapped because you're misidentified you and no so? one believes you, that you're that is a legitimate fear. For you personally? Yeah, a little I bit. I think in this day and age, it's impossible to happen. It's much less likely, but like I feel like back in, I don't know, like like a... Like, you get identified as the the perpetrator of a crime, and there's no way to disprove yourself. It's like I was at lo- alone at home all I night. I mean, that does happen with people getting arrested, but it's not like you go through the court cases all the way through where they still don't know who you are. Right. But it's and still like, also it's still horrifying. And like in this case, he can't even go through a court system. It's like, nah, you're this guy, and he's like, I'm really not. I yeah. can prove it. They're like, we don't believe you, and it's like, well, I guess I'm gonna die. So yeah, I think. Yeah, so they think that his name is George Kaplan. Yes. Right. So that scene where Thornhill, a.k.a. Kaplan, meets Van Damme, the it, lighting in that scene, when he comes into the room. Oh, so good. Very what good. the fuck? They Amazing. close the blinds. It goes very dark. Then he turns yeah. on one light. You can't yeah. see his face. Fucking, only, he's only silhouetted against the lamp. Like, and then he so turns on good. the second lamp, and it's back to a nice like warm lighting. Fucking amazing. Very good. Yeah, that was a big note. Very um, nice. That well, scene was great. Yeah, it, no, it, was, it was very good. Um, and they basically... Th- they're taking the scenario as Roger not cooperating. Yeah. But he's just like... 
I don't know what you're talking about. He legit How has, can I even help you if I don't know what's happening? Right. He legit has no fucking idea. And he what's does going say on. I won't cooperate. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because they ask him, they're like, "Will you cooperate?" And he's like, "No, I'm not the person." Yeah, he I don't should, know what you're talking he about. Kept he should have kept saying, "He probably should have said, yeah, totally, but I don't know what you're talking about, so yeah. I can't, but I would love to.' Yeah, I think so either they, way, it wouldn't have worked for him. No, no, both and both." Saying either of those things leads him to the same destination. For sure, but I don't know. Maybe they, maybe there was a small chance they would have been like, do we actually have the wrong guy? No. They no. believe like, 100%. There's no doubt in their mind too spooky. that this guy is not Kaplan. Like, there's literally no doubt. So they mind, have this big... Which we don't know why. <laughs> they have this big conversation, and then Van Damme, who we find out is his name, but again, it's the older... It's the, it's the antagonist. Or, sorry, um, it's Townsend. Thornhill's antagonist, right? Townsend. Brings in his heavies. And I have a note. Why the fuck did his heavy carry a cigarette? Like, did you notice how he was holding a cigarette? So weird. That guy seemed very Russian to me. Yeah? The darker hair guy. The pointy-faced guy. Not the one that we run back to a bunch of times throughout the film. Not Leonard, but the other um, henchman. The The henchman with the cigarette. Brown hair guy. Yeah. The guy with the light-colored suit who throws the knife later. Yes. No. Oh. There's guy. two because There's the guy the guy who throws the knife is the guy who has a cigarette, and the light haired guy is when we see more often throughout the film. I feel like we see the guy who throws the knife. We see more both. Often. We see both henchmen throughout. You think the film. so? Yeah. I feel like the guy who doesn't hold the cigarette like a weirdo is the one who's the more menacing figure throughout the film. I think we're talking about the same person. We might or be. Or misunderstanding each other. We might be. But uh, anyway, yeah. so he they, holds a cigarette like a fucking nut job. And they end up holding down um, Roger and forcing him to drink an entire bottle of liquor. Dude, this... Which might have killed him from alcohol poisoning. Didn't, though. This shit was so funny. Drunk driving like a <laughs> his motherfucker. Fucking he did a faces, great job. His faces as he so drunk good. drives are unbelievable. I was laughing the entire time. By the way, great way to kill somebody. Yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Just shove a whole bottle of bourbon down their fucking mouth. And then run them off the road. put them in a car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his like squinting and blinking. definitely a great alibi. Great alibi. Yeah. Like, they're what could he's behind the wheel of a car. They're not going to look into it more than he was a drunk driver. No. That whole scene was great. Really great. Didn't expect him to make it as far as the driving. Yeah, like I expected him to drive it off the cliff, not get arrested. But by they a did policeman. such a good job, like with the actual shots of the film, to like from his POV, yeah. where like the roads are fading into each other. Yeah, where like it starts on one side and then it fades. He's all the way on the other side of the yeah. road. Yeah, they were really good. Really great transitions. Really good. I love that. Um, him, his drunk acting was pretty good. Was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, it was fantastic. So he drunkenly drives. What seems like a pretty decent distance. A long way. A long way. Along a coastal road. um, Eventually ends up driving by a police car who Mm -hmm. pulls him over. Did you see that slight um, speed up? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Film speed up? Yeah. Like a... Of him running. Two times speed? Yeah. Yeah. They sped it up a little bit. I guess he was going too slow. Yeah. And they... But it was also a car crash that ended the car chase. Right. So he he drives into... Fender Vendor. I think he stops. He stops. The police drives into him, and then a third party rear-ends the cop. Yeah. Yeah. So, my next note is so funny. (laughs) Uh, Again, very vague, but the whole scene from the time he gets into the police station to the time he's released from police captivity, he is so on point in those scenes. Yeah. Like, so quippy. Yeah. The phone call with his mother... 
is hilarious. His mom is the the worst. His mom, His mom is, the, is worst. the worst. It's the fucking I, worst. I got mad I around like, this point. She's like, like the shit she says. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you too. I was, I was getting mad around this point in time because the whole drunk conversation, and then the next day, I was like, why does no one believe this man? We have got given no reason. It's His not, mom's like continually trying to incriminate him. Yeah. Like, we have been given no good reason. <laughs> you guys don't think he sounds insane, though? No. No, definitely sounds insane, but you think your own mom wouldn't try to help you no, out? No, but that's, that just like, makes me think... in the court case, she's like, he's a fucking liar. This just makes me think that he's had multiple issues in the past with drinking and lying. I guess. I mean, we come to learn that he's been divorced twice. Yeah. But Fair to assume that those have says, been... But we he don't... says because they think that his life was boring. Yeah, well, I mean, if you just get out getting drunk and fucking around, that's boring. But, and like, talking to his mom know. on the phone. <laughs> At this point in time, we have been given almost no reason for the audience... That's true. ...to believe that... Why would no one believe him? We haven't been given a boy cries wolf moment or anything where it's like, why the fuck does no one believe this man? What has he done? His story is ridiculous. That's the thing. It's not... Is His story it? is absurd. That he got kidnapped he by some people and forcibly drunk. Brought to a mansion. They forcibly poured a bottle yeah. of bourbon down his throat and then he stole a car. Fine. It's ridiculous, but also this man has had no issues in the past that we know of. But they believe him enough to have detectives help him. They, they believe him enough to have detectives go and go, fuck this guy. No. Uh, well, they to, go to fuck this reason. guy once they get to the house and they speak to, to the Mrs. Townsend, quote unquote. Why didn't they and speak she's to like, neighbors? Roger, like, are you okay? She what happened? She plays she that does. shit so well. She does, but still, you you speak to the neighbors, like, hey, what's going on? Because as soon as they spoke to a neighbor, they would have been like, oh, Mr. Townsend, Miss Townsend's been dead for a long time. Which we and, find out later. Yeah, and Mr. Townsend is not really around at the house anymore. So all the neighbors would be like, well, that's fucking weird. Why is there people there saying that they're the Townsends? Yeah, but and I mean, it, it makes It was a sense. big property. It makes yeah. sense also to where they just wouldn't need to do that because of how convincing right. her performance I don't was. think it does. You don't think her performance Nowadays, it definitely wouldn't. I don't think it would slide. I think pe- they still would follow up questions. Yeah, but these detectives other- are like, we go off hunches. <laughs> <laughs> fine i don't know to me i find it ridiculous that they blood didn't disgusting even... clean that up <laughs> shout out john mulaney john mulaney and my uh animated bit that blew up but anyways uh wow, self promo self promo <laughs> trevor Storch Shameless on plug. youtube for john mulaney old murder what's it typography. called animatic or something like typography. typography motion typography same shit anyways i don't know oh, i i found I have, it kind of annoying um, and i have a note that uh, Abby actually pointed out to me, which I didn't end up looking up. But uh, the mom does not seem that much older than him. Not at all. No. <laughs> like, yeah. she doesn't seem he, that old he, at all. Thornhill Loki looks like one of the oldest people in the film. Yeah. Outside uh, of, like, the professor. Yeah. And... The professor definitely seems old. Van Damme is, Eve like... Eve is only, like, 26. Yeah, Eve's very young for, <laughs> How old for Thornhill. He's How older, man. Thorn- He's been through two marriages. <laughs> yeah, can oh, I my just, God. Can I just, real quick... When he's on the phone with his mother in the police office, the station, police yeah, station, yeah. and he hangs up the phone and is like, that was mother. <laughs> that Dude, was so good. I left that entire conversation. Yeah. But that point, like, I was just like, this is fucking hilarious. It was really good. This is by far the funniest Hitchcock movie I've seen. Which other ones have you seen? Just Rear Window and Rope. Oh, wow. Okay. You haven't seen 
You haven't seen Psycho? I haven't seen Psycho. We've you haven't talk, seen Strangers we talked about last time. Did we? Yeah, we yeah. did. Damn, we that did. was old. That's my bad. <laughs> that was a whole week ago. <laughs> that was a long time ago, my dude. Um, this but was yes. fucking funny. So, it was um, funny. Roger... Oh, no. My next note is that... Uh, is She says, just pay the $2. Is that the bail that's $2 Dude, or is that his I, is fine? Is that the cab fee? What the fuck is the yeah, 2 Yeah, I was so I know, confused. That's they wild. don't explain it at all. Just pay she the $2. That. If she it, says that and they just leave. Like, if it legit is that, at that point, pay it and hope that those guys don't come back. Pay it and go back to your job and try to act like nothing. Live fucking dollars while you're out here throwing 50s and 100s around the entire film. He yes. bribes his mom. Which is crazy that he has point. to bribe his mom. With a 50. How much is that in today's currency? Five thousand? Five million? <laughs> I think it's five million, my what dude. What time was this movie released? Nineteen twenty two. Seventeen thirty two. Okay. This is this is a Renaissance painting, this film. <laughs> Fifty nine. Oh shit, this is eleven years after fucking rope? It was a Did he make something a film? <laughs> Did he make something between rope and this? For sure. He made so many movies. Wait. You're supposed to be a Hitchcock boy. Why don't I don't you know? know the dates, but I, he's made it. He's directed a lot of movies. It's fucking shameful. Damn, Yo, hey, uh, podcast. Um, please shame Jacob in the comments for not knowing the specific the dates specific of filmography the of his favorite director, Alfred Hitchcock. He's not my favorite director. Lies. It's not. Who's your favorite director? Probably Quentin Tarantino. Oh my god. $444.69. That's a lot of money. That's 50 bucks. That's very 50 specific. Bucks. Inflation. Inflation. I'll give you $454.65, mother. Also, great, <laughs> great auction uh, scenes. In oh, this the one. auction scene is great. Yeah, okay. very good. Wait, yeah, that's the that's the inflation calculator estimate. That's crazy. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, so then um, Roger goes with his mother to the hotel, which is the part that we're talking about when he's bribing her yes. to go to the uh, front desk. But they go to break into Kaplan's room. Yes. At this dope hotel. Which is really, it's a really cool scene. To try to find out more about him. Yeah, they want to meet him, honestly. But he's like... Everybody calls Roger Kaplan. Yeah. (laughs) Why wouldn't they, though? He's in his room. He introduces himself as Kaplan. He does. Multiple times. Some of the people, yeah. Only like like after the maid initially uh, mistakes him because he's trying to go into his room. Well, that's you, Mr. Kaplan. Oh, Mr. Kaplan. To the valet. Mr. Kaplan, please. To the valet, he says, Mr. Kaplan. And on the phone, he says, Mr. Kaplan. Kaplan here. But does that happen before the maid scene? She sees him straight away. I feel like the maid is the first time he is like, oh. Kaplan. Yeah, totally. I'm Kaplan. Yeah, sure. He I finds like... out that Kaplan uh, has dandruff. And is shorter than him. Yep, he's much shorter. Short arms and everything. And man, they went really into detail about what... With the FBI with... agents? Yeah, with yeah. like Kaplan's fake stuff. Just like all of the fake details about him. Um, uh, real quick sidebar. Yeah. Filmography sidebar. 1948 Rope. 1949 Under Capricorn. 1950 Stage Fright. 1951, Strangers on a Train. Great movie. 1953, I Confess. 1954, Dow M for Murder. Also 1954, Rear Window. 1955, To Catch a Thief. Also 1955, The Trouble with Harry. 1956, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Also 1956, The Wrong Man. 1958, Vertigo. 1959, North by Northwest. What Pass. the fuck? How do you even rec- how do you even direct that many Dude, movies? Dude, this man made a shit fuck of movies that I've never even heard of. Are these all films? Yeah. Those are all films? Yeah. Have you seen all those? I've only seen a couple of them. I've seen 
And there are some that that have been on my watch list for a long time. I've like, seen like Rear Dial Window. Him, Dial him for Murder has been on my watch list. For I've a long seen Rear Window and Vertigo. I think Kirk has seen, but um, what the fuck? Yeah, he's made a lot of movies, dude. This is crazy. Foreign I mean, correspondence. Look, at, look at this shit. Yeah, that's a ton of films that I was not aware that he made. Yeah, dude, he was a busy man. Why do I know so little about this man? I don't know. I don't know where you've been. <laughs> Birds uh, Birds is his last like major film. Yeah, I haven't seen Birds. Psycho was nineteen sixty, the year after this film. Great movie. So Psycho was late Hitchcock. That's fair. That's fucking that's, wild. It's a good one. That's wild to me. Alright, I'm sorry. That's a big that's a big tangent, but I just I'm blown by that. I need to watch Child M from Murder. And I need to me watch too. Memories of Murder by Bong Jun Ho. Shout out episode one. Um <laughs> nice. Yeah, so then he goes to the UN. That, so many good shots of the UN. Yeah. I mean, primarily... So he, but well, actually before this, uh, I forgot to mention, he escapes the um, henchmen who are in the lobby and then head up in the elevator at the same time as he's trying to head down. Yeah. Yes. And then his mom makes a comment in the elevator and she's like, are you really trying to murder my son? And it that goes laughter? from dead silent to everybody laughing. That shit was and so crazy. And you could see her face go from uncomfortable to, I guess I have to laugh now, too. Yeah. It was a creepy scene, kind of. That it was, was really creepy. It was funny as hell. Because they, they start laughing in response to her asking that question. And then the laughter spreads throughout the uh, unbelievably packed elevator. Mm-hmm. It was like Incredibly 15 or 20 people in the elevator. Yeah, definitely over um, the limit. Way over the limit. And then... His mother starts laughing, and then as the doors open, he says, Oh, gentlemen, ladies first. And he lets all the women out of the elevator first and then runs after the women as they leave. Yeah. And that's how he's able to escape. Well, he like, is like guiding all the women yeah, out. Yeah, he's like ahead of them. He's actually yeah. the first one out of the elevator. Yeah. Um, and then he gets into a cab and tells the cab to just drive, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is classic. Um, but yeah, then he ends up at the UN, which, what were you saying about the shots? I mean, the shot leaving the UN is insane. That's, that's it's crazy. The one I was it's thinking like a about. drawing. So I wanted to Yeah, like, it's like a, it's definitely not it can't be practically real. done. Yeah, it's it not. can't be. It's not. No. Um, it because looks like that's painting. like, it's like insane. It's really cool though. It's fucking incredible. I it's think. like bird's eye view uh, where the right side of the screen is the UN building. And then most of the frame is like. The courtyard, the courtyard driveway. And you see him running out of it. Yeah. After this uh, huge event happens at the UN, so he yeah. goes there to try to meet Mr. Townsend. Right. Because we find out earlier from when the detectives were talking to Mrs. Townsend that he he's not here. Obviously, no. He's speaking at the UN, and right. that's the moment where they're like, "Well, we don't need to ask any more questions." He's a clearly a credible person who wouldn't right. try to kidnap someone. Which uh, um, he's with the General Assembly, so he goes there to talk to Mr. Townsend, and. He introduces himself as Kaplan here. Yes, he does. Well, because he knows that that's the only way to get to Townsend. Who he thinks is Townsend. Yes, to, to who he thinks is Townsend. Which is crazy that um, actual Townsend just takes that message. He's like, yeah, sure, I'll meet this guy I've never met before. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, but he comes out, different guy. Very different. Not the Townsend from before. No. So like, we can see here that there are a lot of like layers to this thing that's happening mm-hmm, that right. we don't know about. Um, and then the hen- one of the henchmen comes in and like you were saying earlier, he's the guy that throws the knife, Yeah, which is like a perfectly orchestrated moment. To like, it's ridiculous. So it's he wild. throws the knife, uh, like, this like switchblade at this guy 
and it goes right into Mr. Townsend's back. Right in his spine. And it's like perfectly to where Roger sees this, grabs the knife at, to try to like help ease him down because he sees him falling and realizes he has a knife in his hand. A guy immediately takes a photo because there's like a journalist there because yeah. it's the UN. Right. And everybody starts freaking out like, that man stabbed him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, wait. I but didn't... it's like the perfect scene. Like you see the photo in the newspaper later where he's like, he's holding the knife in the air and he's like... <laughs> He's huh? like shocked. Yeah. He should. He definitely should not it's, have touched the knife. It's the perfect framing. It's a really good you framing. You could not frame someone better. For sure. Like, but also, how are you supposed to say it wasn't he, you? <laughs> he couldn't. He should have just not touched the knife. He should have been like, "Oh my god." I don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you would really think about all that stuff when all this is happening. Yeah, I guess so. But I don't think I would have touched the knife. I don't know. Maybe he I pulls would've. it right out. I mean, you shouldn't pull it out. No, right? don't pull it out. Well, he pulls it out. Don't pull out an object like that. And he runs away, and we see that great shot. Um, but, like, he's, like, so close to figuring out everything. Like, the moment... All he had to do was talk to Mr. Um, Townsend just a little bit more, and everything would yeah, have Yeah, he was close to figuring out. It stuff. all would have been solved. This is also after the scene is where we see the first introduce, uh, introduction of the FBI agents. Yes. Um, that scene was crazy. It was a good scene. Are they actually FBI? Yeah, yeah, because I originally thought they were CIA, and then he says that they're FBI later on in the movie. So I Does went, he? I went back and crossed it out. Yeah, Whenever, like... The... the professor talks about FBI, because then they ask oh, him okay. about him, and he, and then he says, FBI, CIA, doesn't matter. We're all part he of says, the alphabet. Yeah, he's, he says, it. yeah, the alphabet soup. He yeah. says that line after he mentions that they're FBI. Uh, okay, I could have swore he... Um... Never actually gave a clear answer what branch of the government they were a part of as part yeah, of the movie. Yeah, he only ever does it once. Okay. Um, but yeah, I so they then. are having their conversation. And one of the people in the boardroom conversation is talking about, like, we can't just let this guy get his life fucked up. Like, they know exactly <laughs> and, and, and what the, happened. And, and the professor is like, well, unfortunately, we're not going to do anything unless <laughs> shit really hits the fan. And they're like, has shit not hit the fan yet? He's like, nope, this is perfect, actually. <laughs> He's like, this is classic. <laughs> we love this. <laughs> We but couldn't have planned this better. Because like, it keeps their agent safe. Yeah. Essentially. Which um, is the only thing that's important. It's the only thing that's important to well, them. Well, we don't know who the agent is. Who is this mysterious agent? I thought. Who did the you moment, think it was? The moment they said that, I thought it was the guy that threw the knife. You thought? I really did. So you thought it was a planned assassination? No, I thought at that point oh, he was. General Assembly he guy. panicked and was like, mm, I guess I got to do something, and then did that. No. You think a government, U.S. government agent would assassinate a U.N. member just because he panicked? For the Cold War? <laughs> for the Cold War, yes. <laughs> this is Cold War involved. Um, yeah, so then it goes to the scene where he is at the train station, and he's trying to blend in. His face is all over the papers, the New York Times. So he puts classic Clark, Clark Kent style. He puts just on puts on glasses. glasses. That's what Shout I wrote down. He puts on shades Central. as a freaking disguise. Fucking yeah. Superman right here. Like, yeah. Dope shades, though. They, Sweet shades. Really dope shades. I got to appreciate the shades. Also, the I'm pretty shell. sure you're able to like blend in in Grand Central. That fucking transition is Yeah, insane. for sure. Well, there is police state er, there's like police officers all around and his pictures everywhere. Even then, like as someone who has walked through that station like on a daily basis, have. it's insane. It's an insane transition. What about in 1959? It looked as busy as it was when I used to work there, like work through yeah. it. It did look super busy. But to be fair, he was only uh, recognized once they, like, once he was one-on-one -on -one Up to someone. the, yeah, up to the Because before counter. that, when he was walking to the crowd, he, he wasn't. No. And yeah. there was cops that he passed by. True. Um, but yeah, so he goes to try to buy a ticket because he's trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. He's like, I need a bedroom ticket, which 
Like, I get why he wants the bedroom, but also... Yeah, because he wants to just lock himself in it. Yeah, and so no... But, like, the... the I feel like that's still making yourself more noticeable. I don't think so. I think that if he wasn't anybody, they thought this guy just wants to be comfortable. Because, like, would you rather... If money was no option, would you rather have a bedroom or sit and coach? Oh, absolutely, a bedroom. Exactly. But the fact that, like, we <laughs> and see... And for an ad executive on Madison Avenue... Money is no object. Yeah, but we see he's doling out fifty dollar bills to his mom. <laughs> but we see the um, what the the steward guy later on ha- like come in and like to set the bed up, yeah, or whatever. So it's like that's a one on one interaction you don't want to have. That's fair, but you could have gone in the bathroom or just put your shades on and fucking read a paper or something. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Just like sat in the toilet and been like, I'm oh, I'm not feeling good. But I'm in the bathroom. Come in. You know, classic. I guess he could have done that, yeah. Classic with his voice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so he um, essentially runs away from this guy because the uh, the ticket counter guy figures out who he is. Yeah, he has a picture right by his counter to be able to identify this person because they're trying to find him. And he goes over to the phone to ask if they have any of these cabin tickets left. Yes. And that is where um, Roger makes his move. He gets the fuck out of Dodge. He realizes. He realizes. He's like, this guy's not making the fucking call. No, this guy no. fucking knows for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you see him as he walks away. He looks at a picture that's on his desk of Thornhill. Yeah. And then makes the call to the police, essentially. He's at ticket station 51. I yeah, think hurry. And then he turns around. Missed ah. that. just in time. <laughs> He's so gone. I won't do any more than No, years. keep doing it. I miss you did that voice like once in college ah, for a video see? and you don't do it anymore and I miss that voice. It's a good voice. Um yeah, so then he um breaks into the train. Basically, he runs onto mm-hmm. the train past the um the second ticket guy who's supposed to take your ticket to get onto the platform. And um yes. He hides uh, in a cabin um as he bumps into this uh gorgeous woman. This gorgeous blonde lady. Yes. Um, who we Eva find Marie out is Saint. named Eve. Eve. Eve Kendall. And, and she's Eva Marie Saint is the actress. Yeah. And she's she great. just helps him, which we know later why, but at the moment I'm like, why the fuck? Because he has a nice face. Yeah. That's what she says. She yeah. looks bad boys. Yeah. And, and essentially she's, she's just trying to have like a fling on a train is, I, is what it kind of seems like, like before you get deeper into it. I don't know. To me, I was like, he should not be trusting her like at all. I mean, he does though, because she seduced him. Like, would <laughs> I feel like if you're just getting seduced, you're not thinking about anything else other than being seduced. Yeah, coming I guess. from a man. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you're right. You know, fuck. If someone came up to me and was like, "Yeah, I'll help you," I'll be and like they were hot, I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah cool. I'll help you and I'll bang you because we're gonna stay the night in the same cabin." Would you it's say? All would super you say, "Get weird. out of my face, spook"? <laughs> it's all super weird you yeah. might be a murderer but i'll still bang you i'm like mm, that okay yeah sure also it's the only way that he can hide yeah true so he's got to take his shot where he's she's the only it. one that he knows of that actually knows who he who he is yeah so they have dinner together and they have this conversation yes. um where she's seducing him the whole time you got you what's up during this scene the train goes through my hometown of Urbans, really? new york those buildings they show out the window are Bridge Street of Irvington, New York. There's a bridge in the back. That's the Tappan Zee Bridge. That's crazy. This is the Hudson River line. I rode this train line to Manhattan. Did you have a cabin? No. <laughs> Fuck. I rode the Metro North line to work three days a week. From You didn't have a cabin room to go to work? <laughs> I'm going to take a quick nap. <laughs> from uh, early 2014 to late 2015. 
as I lived at home after college before moving down to Florida. These were like actual buildings that I've worked in that I saw throughout the train. I was like, holy fuck. That's a hell that's, of a detail. That's Irving for uh, him making a movie in a single year. Yeah, that that whole, <laughs> True. like, the obviously that train is a soundstage or whatever. Yeah. But the film going through, like going by the Hudson River, that's all real. Because it was chronological too. Like, as they passed awesome. through Irvington, it went to Terrytown and then got closer and closer to the Tappan Zee Bridge, which is in the middle of Terrytown. And they passed the Tappan Zee and went up throughout the northern Hudson River. Anyway, I geeked out because I was like, holy yeah. fuck. Were I, you like freaking out? Like yeah, dabbing on Marissa Absolutely, when you I was. It? I was like, Riz, it's Irvington. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I worked in those buildings as a summer job for a while. Um, so that was fucking cool. That's dope. It's crazy to think those buildings existed at this time, like obviously yeah. 50 years before I ever even lived there. But it's like when you randomly watch a movie that was filmed in Florida for some reason, you're like, holy fuck, I know where yeah, that is. I know exactly yeah. where that is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, uh, the show, The Leftovers, was also filmed in Irvington and Dobbs Ferry, which is the town right next to it. So I had the same feeling, but had no idea, like, Hitchcock films were shooting Irvington like 50 yeah. years before they were accurate ever lived there yeah so anyway shout out Irvington hometown. oh yeah shout Born out and raised um yeah so they have their little little dinner and the train stops and two detectives get on spooky and he's like this whole time like are you still like because the whole time they're very obvious about like we're gonna bone yeah they're very forward they're very Super. forward which I appreciate I appreciate a very forward moment it's like incredibly that. forward about how they're just gonna fuck what Mm-hmm. Why are you looking at me like that? Mm-hmm. Will was just giving Trevor a spooky eye. <laughs> I appreciate the forwardness of the whole conversation, but then the moment she's like, "You should go," he's like, "Oh, huh, huh, like, yeah, right." And she's like, "No cops are here." And he's like, "Oh, fuck!" He's All right, yeah, that to was finish his freaking fish dinner. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was going to be laced with something. Was she, she ordered for that. him? Yeah, she, well, she recommended it. She said it was good, and then he wrote it on the little paper and handed it to the guy. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought I honestly thought it was going to be laced with something though. Oh really? Yeah, because she recommended it, and he immediately ordered it, and like she had apparently already bribed the um, the waiter to make sure that he got sat with her. Yeah. So I was like, mm, "All right, something's gonna be up with this fish." Yeah. And then it wasn't, so yeah, I was wrong. But it's, but it was a good conversation between the two of them. Very good. Um, I really like her character a lot. She's I feel great. like her character has like a lot of depth. It's a very cool yeah. character. Um. Yeah. So then they head off to her cabin. Um, and that is where she hides him in the top bunk. Yeah, that was great. Like, Again, folded super away. super quippy. Yeah, like... Yeah, he's, like, talking about how he can't breathe and shit, and she's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Detectives show up, like, ma'am, have you seen the man that you were at dinner with? And she's like, nah. She does a great job at playing it off, like, oblivious. Like, I've she never does. heard of any of this. Yeah, those, those, the scenes up until that point... But also, did you a, can tell the actress is acting. Yeah, yes, you can. But she they do. A good, they do a good job at that. They do a great job of um, disguising her intent. I think. Yes. Right. Definitely. Um, I mean, her intent. This whole like, train ride is what, disguised. Like what the fuck? Like she just wanted to fuck. Like it was a very like non fifties motive at that point. Like, like what is her deal? Yeah, it was not you know, old because, school. This because was, this was that's a very not old school thing <laughs> no. for her to just so, want to fuck. For me, the fact that it was old school was the thing that made me not think. Like I was like, she's got something else going on. But I, yeah. man, you imagine being the ratings board. <laughs> they must yeah, have been they, so confused. They must have been livid <laughs> until we find frivolous out. sex. <laughs> 
But like I was one like stands on a train. I was like, damn. Okay, there, there's. I guess there's something, but also I'm like so used to nowadays. Ever on it, like I feel like I, don't know, I feel like thinking of the time period. I was like, ah, she is just into him. Part of my brain was like, nah, they're not gonna make like for the time period. Why would they make her like her own character? She's just super into him and helping right. him for no yeah, reason. Yeah, no, I get that. Like so, just the love interest. The, the the generic love interest. That's I even wrote that down when she's first a la introduced. Bond films like we were talking about before. Straight up, like um, when I when she was first introduced, I think my note is incoming love interest. Yeah. So I was. That Although was, now usually they have more depth, but back in the day, Bond films. Exactly. So that was one of my things. I was like, man, there's got there's. I guess she just really likes the way he looks and wants to fuck. Yeah. So shout out Christmas Jones. She's gonna help him. <laughs> yes. For no reason. And so I just let that slide a little bit in my mind. So I was actually surprised whenever the later on after they do bone or just before they bone, the note gets passed down. Yeah. To um, Mr. Van Damme. Yes. This is as they're making out. Yes. And um, the, he hides attendant the attendant shows up. Yeah. He hides in the bathroom. They, yes. The make out is so weird. It's a very odd make It's like, super weird. Yeah. So then... They are at the station, and he dresses up as one of the red caps. Mm-hmm. Basically, that is a person who is helping with the luggage, getting off the train, and helping people um, yes. off to their cabs or whatever. Um, so he is in a disguise, and the detectives come back up to her, and they're like, did you see or hear anything? And she's like, about what? <laughs> she's like, definitely oblivious she, again. Yeah, she huh? plays that shit so well, man. Like That, that whole scene was really And they're like, really well, good. have a good day, ma'am. And they, and they peace out, and then she keeps going. Catches back up with him because he kept going so they wouldn't notice. Yes, very expertly done. And then he goes Almost to the like bathroom he's and shaves with a tiny razor. <laughs> the tiny little razor. I assume that was... Just, what was the deal with that razor? I assume that was supposed to be either her... Yeah, Abby thought it was a women's razor. Her leg razor. Her vagina razor? Or vagina razor. <laughs> <laughs> a leg razor. It was a woman. That's a very... Like, your legs are bigger than that, dude. Yeah, I'm, for sure. But, like, I guess back then they were like, no, a woman, they need a petite thing. I assume that's the deal that they were thinking in the 50s and 60s. Like, I saw that razor. Marissa, we were watching it. And she was like, said that. She, she <laughs> was, a vagina razor? She was like, why is that fucking razor so small? And I was like, I don't know. It's the tiniest razor on earth. That, but the joke, I mean, the joke that they make when he's in the bathroom shaving with it. And the guy looks at him like, what the fuck? Yeah, because the other guy's shaving with a straight razor. There's a guy, yeah, yeah, shaving with a regular razor. Well, straight, yeah, like a manly straight razor. And looks at him making these little, like, pencil eraser line strips of (laughs) shit. Really fast, too. Did you see how fast he's wicking it on his neck? He's ripping it through that. He's going to have cuts all over his neck. Why was he shaving, though? He didn't seem like he had that much facial hair. Because it was back in the day. Five o'clock shadow, Trevor. Everybody wanted to be clean shaven. Can't have a five o'clock. Show Not everybody though. has a baby face like I, you, my dude. I don't have a baby face. You, you are the most baby face person I think I know. I have a full beard. <laughs> when you don't have the beard. Yeah, but that doesn't have anything to. I'm talking about beard growth. Oh yeah. Well, I shave all the time. Fucking dummy. <laughs> How often do you shave? Me? Yeah. Uh, once a week. Your neck or your whole face? My whole face. Cobb, how often do you shave your neck? Um, how often should I shave it? No, how often do you shave it? Do I shave it? Probably like every three days. I should shave it like every two days. You shave this down here every three days? Yeah, this grows really fast. That's fucking impressive. I shave my neck. For the record, Jacob and I both have beards. My beard's pretty long right now. Active (laughs) beards. I shave the neck portion of my beard once a week. Yeah, no, I don't do that. I can't do that. It'll be too long. Interesting. 
My beard grows fast, my kid's got thick hair. I, I like to let my facial hair grow out a little bit and then shave it off. What facial hair? <laughs> you don't have any, dude. I just shaved like a day ago. Let's get him, dude. Show me. Run it for a month and show me. I you don't, don't want to see it. <laughs> it looks bad. I do want to see no. it. I got pics. It looks bad. You got pics? We'll throw a pic up on the Soch. All right, cool. We'll put I it on Instagram. I don't look good with facial hair. I, mean, I don't believe you. You look great, Trevor. I need to try and don't grow. You're a handsome man, Trevor. I don't think I don't think you can not look Don't attack look good. yourself. You see the look you have right now? Dope ripped jeans with some freaking Hawaiian shirt. You look like you're ready you for like Hawaii You look like fucking 5-0. Miami Vice. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out two different shows. Shout <laughs> out Max Payne 3. <laughs> Hell yeah. But for real, grow a beard. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm, I've tried. I, the mustache looks really bad. I guess I could try and just shave off the mustache. Grow the whole thing. Um, but I don't know. Maybe. All right, whatever. Anyways, moving on. Uh, he does red the, hats. He puts the clothes back on, and then the red hat, red cap comes out like he'd been beaten up. Yeah, wearing and some great long johns. Wearing some long johns. Like, oh, he took my outfit. But then he has money. So I don't know who bribed him. Did... Because if... Um, uh, Thornhill... Our, our main character bribed him. Then why did he come out and say, oh, I got beat up or whatever? Like, why did he come out in the first place? So I have to assume that Van Damme bribed him more, maybe, to come out and admit that he got... But why would Van Damme do that? Because he wants to capture him. He doesn't want him caught by the cops. Right. So the fact that the guy came out at all... Is just kind of odd to me. Like, why wouldn't he stay hidden in the bathroom for like at least an hour? That's a long time to be in a bathroom. Yeah, but you got paid a bunch of money to pretend like you got beat up and your clothes stolen. And then he also pointed in the correct direction to find the guy. Like, he got bribed. Why are you doing that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, so Eve goes to make a call for mm-hmm. um, for Roger. Um, to be able to find out where this Kaplan guy, I, Kaplan guy is and where he needs to meet up with him to try to figure out the situation. And um, this is where I think I can start to tell that Eve is feeling bad. Eve yeah. feels bad for what she's doing. 100%. Which is before you even see that she did anything wrong. True. Right. But you can see on her face her mood is starting to change and she doesn't yes. like what's happening. By the way, can you talk payphone to payphone like that? What do you mean? Because she's talking... She's talking to Leonard... Like three payphones apart. Oh, oh, oh. Can you yeah, do yeah. that? Can you probably you dial can probably internal? call a payphone? Can you? Yeah. Did we all the, all the payphones would have numbers, I would assume. I mean you're Will, you're a boomer. <laughs> yeah, you're old as <laughs> shit. What's up? Will you, you I had a fucking uh, when you were in New brick York, phone. you can't tell me you didn't you didn't use a payphone. I've never used a payphone in my life. Damn. Never mind. I've had a cell phone since I was 11, so... I used to play with the pay phones that I saw sometimes outside pizza places. Can we... Did we talk about... It's a very specific scenario. Oh, yeah. fuck. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. No, you're, no, you're okay. Um, but oh. I, w- I was confused at that because I thought... I was thinking of the fake scenario where he, Kaplan, in quotes, was still at the hotel. So yeah. I was like, what do you mean pay phone to pay phone? Just pay phone to hotel. No, it was pay phone to pay phone <laughs> yeah. whenever they're the in the train scenario. station. Yeah. yeah. Did we talk about the fact that George Kaplan's not a real person? We alluded to it. So, so yeah, we find out what the FBI guys... This that, Yeah, we're jumping back, but I feel like we didn't touch on he's it. He's a fake so, agent. A so, yeah, he's not a real person. He's just like a name on a ledger, basically. 
Which they did a goddamn good job. Yeah, Fucking amazing. Like, they put his order for his dry cleaning in. They say, like, he needs specific... Um, like, has, alterations and stuff. Yeah. He has dandruff because they, That's like... They literally the have, like, a little anti-dandruff, like, yeah. kit in his... Yeah. Bathroom, like, everything. They make it so intricate that yeah. this guy doesn't... That this guy exists when he doesn't at all. Yeah. Which is cool. And that was the point we alluded to before, because you yes. said, like, they did a great job after I said he had dandruff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sorry. That was just, I, I missed that. And no. I feel that's a great point. I don't think we actually ever explicitly said so. Not in depth. No. Not a real man. But also, um, I, I hope that you're not listening to this without having watched the movie audience. No, you're Agreed. in the spoiler zone, goddammit. Yeah. yeah. Goddamn spoilies. <laughs> um, yeah, so then the famous crop dusting scene comes up after he makes his farewell with Eve where she basically is just like, you gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. There's police coming, you gotta go. Yeah, she's <laughs> yeah. like, throws again and again and again, he's like, I want to meet up with you again. <laughs> he's like, you're dope. Let me get them digits. Yeah, basically. Also, the fact that the cops that came into the bathroom never saw him while he was shaving is kind of wild. His, yeah, but to be fair, he had shaving cream up fucking high on his face so like, to his eyeballs it was like right up high like it, i guess you get that know. is a good disguise like you just see two dudes shaving and the guy doesn't react to you coming in yeah, yeah. you're not gonna look yeah i guess so i guess it's i think it's they're also because he played it off well and they're looking for red cap specifically that she was not they're looking for a red cap yeah you know what fair yeah uh, and this guy's just in a wife beater like hanging out with this other dude yeah with a <laughs> shaving with a woman's razor women's vagina razor <laughs> Abby's not gonna be able to cut it out. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, the crop dusting scene happens because she tells him that he needs to meet up at this specific like prairie Bus stop. stop. Yeah, um, I wrote prairie stop because I think she says prairie stop, but I I feel that like that's shit, the, I thought that was the name of the stop. Yeah, that's what that I'm shit is in the middle of goddamn nowhere. It's just a bunch. Why of is why is there fields. a bus stop there? There's Same a road. Question Abby had. She There's was like, a road there. there. So. This road that goes to the left. I don't think there should be a bus stop there. Why not? I mean, there's like a whole village to the left we don't know about. I doubt that. There's highly. definitely a dope farm. Dope farm. Uh, that shot, amazing. Like, once again, I mentioned the set pieces earlier in this episode. This set piece is like... I mean, it's an all-timer. It's set up so well. Yeah. Like, the very first shot you see of him getting off is like... Like, if you didn't know anything about this movie, it would be even better. Like, if you had yeah. never seen that shot before. Because it just starts off with him noticing a crop duster. Yeah. And then him looking around on each side of the field. He, and that he crop duster... He sees cars coming. None of them are the person he's looking the for. The crop duster flies by, like, three or four times. Yeah. Before Multiple it... times. And, like, background shots. Yeah. And then the guy uh, that ends up getting dropped off on the other side of the street who he I talks to. That. He points Dude. out the fact that he's crop dusting when he's there's a... no crops. Yeah. He's yeah. like, that's weird. Um, and you, you don't even think anything of it. No. I mean, because I because why would you? I mean, you, I, yeah, you're a farm boy, Trevor, so you would. Well, also because of the, because the, the, the seen, screenshots of the scene. Yeah, like, all right, well, the moment he gets the moment he gets off the bus, it's I'm like, literally on the cover art. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the moment he gets off of the bus, I'm like, there's the iconic scene. It's coming. It's here in the next couple minutes. Like, yeah, it actually took longer for the iconic scene to show up than I expected. Well, yeah, it it that scene has a really big buildup. Like, yes. all all of these different quiet shots of him seeing the cars him mm-hmm. seeing yeah. the crop duster him looking around trying to figure out why the fuck and he's i at think the stop. that's part of the reason i feel like the movie is as long as it is because they like hitchcock really takes his time in establishing tension i think it's important in though. every set piece i don't disagree with you um yeah. 
I don't disagree with you at like, all. Like I actually think the film is is paced very well. It's paced, I agree that it's that it's a little bit long, but I think it's paced extremely it's well. It's paced very well. I won't argue with that. I do I'm surprised at how long it was for the time that it was made in. True. That's because fair. films at that time were not two plus hours. Dep- well generally speaking they weren't you can get a pretty artsy film back then that was long all right well, we're not but talking yeah, about we're general, not talking about fucking general, fellini or the general movie the fuck. right the general film was not two plus hours also i added a uh a, a, <laughs> i had a really old french film on my list to let's show fucking you. go nice as long as, as, this, seen it already, though. as, need, long as it's not cleo from five to seven no it's not i didn't okay. add that on my list but i thought about it that's my main but that's like the one i've seen yeah i might i might have seen it though is the thing maybe that's why i'll show you guys first um that I mean, the tension of this shot and, like, the amount of time taken from when the guy across the street drives up in the car from behind the cornfields across the street from from Thornhill, comes out, the car stops, a man gets out of the car, says something to the driver, the driver backs up and drives away, and the man stands across the street from Thornhill. Yeah. And it's it's just, like... Probably two to three minutes yeah. of Thornhill, like they're looking like looking at each back other. and forth, and oh, like in my mind, the shots, the shots so get closer good, and man. closer, and you can tell like Thornhill that this is the guy, right? And then Thornhill eventually crosses the street. To me, the I feel moment like you can also tell it's not. Yeah, that no, me, it's absolutely it not him. Super obvious. It's like, dude, what are you doing? This is obviously not the guy. It's not the. This guy. This is so obviously not the guy. Like. But like I feel like the film at this point needed a bit of a of a breath. Like yeah. so much had been happening yeah. to where these scenes come as like a breath of fresh air. Like they we do. not not scenes, but these shots. Because it takes forever. Where like no dialogue is happening. Yeah. Like, and all you're seeing is like setup. From the moment that we cut to this setting of the bus driving down this long road and eventually dropping Thornhill off. And then from Thornhill, hanging out, watching four or five cars drive by, to the man popping up, him walking across the street to the man, the man getting on the bus. It's like a good 10, 15 minutes. It's not, it's not that long. It's okay. not that long. No. But it, it's a it, long it, time. It feels like forever. It's probably though. like five minutes. It feels like forever. Yeah. I think it's intentional. Yeah. They're, they're long shots and they hold. They do. Um. I love this this scene though. It's a good scene. It's a very what, good scene. It's a very good moment. That. Why though? What do you mean? Why the plane? Oh, why did they try to use the why plane? Why did they try to use the plane? It would have been super easy for them to just roll up. I think it's because they're consistently trying to make it look like accidents. They it's the same thing with the car. They thing. shoot at him. I mean it's a, it's I, it's clearly like a less Yeah, the shooting would They shoot at him out of the plane. Thing. It's hard to say. They it's try a dope and, set piece, though. Yeah, it's a very dope set piece, and they try. You and, can't deny that this film has amazing set pieces for sure. But they're like, amazing. They, they literally hire. Like my first thought was, okay, it's an adventure film, Trevor. Yes, but so like they don't, don't want hate on my movie. <laughs> they don't want him. I'm not hating. I liked this movie a lot. They don't want him to see obviously one of the like the few henchmen he's already met roll up in a car because that would be bad. But, like, they could have gotten the pilot of this plane, who obviously was down to kill him, to roll up in a car and go, Thornhill? And he'd go, yeah, and then just go bang and just shoot him and they'd be done. Yeah. And then just drive away. And then no one ever knows what happens to him. He just gets killed in the middle of a field. That's no fun, though. 
Why does it have to be out of a frigging crop duster? Because it's no a fucking fun. set piece. And what are they sh- like? So is there? How two- come in your anime they fucking waited with the helicopter? For the they at least give a. They at least give a somewhat reason. Because he's like, I'm evil. Yeah. <laughs> they give a reason of he wants to play with them and toy with them. And this, it's like they are paying this guy to be efficient and get rid of this guy using a crop duster. Why? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm more critical on this. I can't wait for you guys to get lambasted by the Hitchcock community. Shout out Hitch Boys. Hell yeah. Tell, us, you get tell what us up, Hitch Boys. You get what I'm getting shout at. Out, shout out Cock Boys. <laughs> <laughs> but you get what I'm getting no, at, No, right? I know. I understand what you're saying. Like, and they're shooting at him out of the airplane. I mean, listen. Also, was there yeah, two? Wait. What's the deal with that? Is a guy just sitting in the back of the plane shooting with a fucking gun? Yeah, why is there two people? There's the pilot and then the, the gunner. So, but there's like no, a, like in a, in it's no, school, like, there's no fixed pilot. gun on the plane. He's just no, shooting a Tommy, like a Tommy gun, gun yeah. out of the plane. But he only fired like, three. What, what kind of gun is it? Did you have a bullet count? Uh, he only fired like what? Six or nine shots. I can't remember. Six or nine. <laughs> it was three shots each uh, time. Multiples of three. <laughs> I can't. Re- it was three shots. It was about three shots each time. And I cannot remember. Oh, wait, he was on burst rounds. No, it wasn't burst. Three shot It's a famous. <laughs> Shout famous. out gunfighters. Shout out M16A4. I will say you guys are probably not wrong in it being a Thompson for the time period. Brr. Um, We're basically gun boys now. So, Trevor, get ready because we're going to start. Uh, we're the resident gun boys. Okay, fine. He's pissed. He couldn't be more mad. <laughs> my one. You guys want to take away my one thing. Um, I have one thing I know but yeah, a little bit. Did you bit. have anything else you wanted to say about yeah, I did like the scene. I I do wonder why there's just the one bit of corn. I don't know. Maybe they were other. Maybe like, they were dead crops. The way he maybe gets they away. Just harvested. The they way were he, definitely just harvesting if there was corn out there. But I feel like it would be a strip that they then finished for the day because maybe the tractor broke down yeah. or something. I feel In like case the, you guys didn't know, Trevor's a farm boy. <laughs> the fact that there's just a circle of it. Why are you pinching my nipple? <laughs> Who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. I don't know what you mean. Okay. <laughs> the fact that they just did one little circle that was left perfect for him to hide in. Kind of weird. Yeah, what, a, what do you mean? It, just was a, mean? it was a whole field that he ran That's into. That's a classic He ran into a different field. field. It looked like it was just a circle. Point. I was he born. He ran into a different. It was, was the it? other side of the street that he ran into. I was yeah, born, I know, but there was like. There was. Crops. There was harvested crops on that side of the street. I was born in a cornfield. That's totally a real cornfield. Okay. All Damn right. Damn haters. Listen. Anyways, and then the the I assume that was a pesticide that he put down, which would, yeah, that was a bummer. Up. Yeah, that, that would, was a bummer. <laughs> that would really not be good for his. You heard lungs. it here first, folks. That was a big bummer. <laughs> big bummer. He fucking dipped out quick. He was like, <sighs> yeah, yeah, that would little... not be good, especially back then. That was probably DDT or some shit like that. Oh, sweet. Why wasn't he high the rest of the film? DDT is not. I don't think that gets you high. DDT? That makes that You're makes. Thinking of DMX. I'm thinking of DMT. Uh, DDT is that one that like DMX. banned because it made eagle eggs really thin. What? What? You don't remember that? All right, Trevor. Are you time out. About napalm. All right, we're going nope. to Trevor's corner. Uh, well, hey, here's the Trevor's. Welcome to Trevor's corner. Here's the Trevor's corner theme. Da da da. <laughs> Trevor's corner. DDT was, I believe, a pesticide. It might have been a herbicide, but I'm pretty sure it was a pesticide. Uh, back in the day, that when it got into it got into the water because it would obviously run off and then fish would ingest it. And then when eagles would eat the fish, it caused eagle eggs to be so brittle that when 
eagles would sit to like rest and warm their eggs, they would break them. And so it was a huge impact on the eagle and other predatory bird populations. That's actually And that has been Trevor's Corner brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. Go out and smoke, kids. That's actually dull information. I resent Jacob's sarcastic tone. Uh one, two, three, do 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 Trevor's Corner. I'm Trevor. And we're back. <laughs> I'm <All> Trevor. Right. <laughs> just shrugs and like walks into frame. You're dickless. I just saw <laughs> what? fleshy patch like a Barbie doll. Why am I a Ken doll? I'm a Ken. Thank you very I much. I just saw a map today about indigenous bald eagle population in the state of Wisconsin. This is no bullshit. It sounds like a joke, but I'm for real. 1974, barely any. 2020, mad fucking eagles out of Wisconsin. <laughs> the banning of DDT, my dude. I'll put that on the Instagram. Oh, it was an anti-mosquito pesticide, I'm pretty sure, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, sorry. Me and Abby just went to a park where they had, like, a few uh, rehabilitating birds. Yeah. And uh, they had a bald eagle. I love a bald eagle. He was, like, hopping around. America. He was, like, just bouncing around. He was huge. Those they're mother- very large those birds. Motherfuckers are big. Yeah, they're very large. Scary looking. I don't like birds. <laughs> <laughs> birds are dinosaurs. They're scary. They are. Um, but science. that has nothing. To, that has little to nothing to do with what this movie's about. All right, so he escapes, right? And the way he escapes, he baits the plane into drive flying, rather not driving. Yeah, what into the fuck? a gas he gets truck? Run over by a truck? That shit was crazy. He does technically get run over by the truck. He's yes. under it. Yeah, that was he's a wild under scene. the truck. And why does the plane crash into it, though? That pilot seemed like he was doing pretty good Can't earlier. Can't pull up quick enough. He was smoking too much. He's like, we can't pull he's up! Got, he's got those eagle pesticides in his dick. <laughs> My dick's been chugging DDT! <laughs> he got an erection that pushed the, thro- like the right, elevation thing enough, down. Trevor. <laughs> what the fuck? That was crass. Cut him off, Jake. That Go. was crass. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not All, right, but, not All right, but anyway, enough, Trevor. Um, so the, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on, <laughs> the plane crashes and, and then he steals the dude's that poor guy's truck with the fridge. He took brand that, new fridge strapped yeah, in the back of his pickup. That cowboy with the fucking bow legs. Just He's like, running Ma, that truck. I just got a new ice box for the cabin. <laughs> Ma's not gonna see it. Ma's, Ma's never gonna fuck. see that poor fridge. And you know they don't have car insurance. And you know they don't have fridge insurance. No. <laughs> Renters insurance or homeowners insurance. What the fuck is fridge insurance? <laughs> uh, what was it? Uh, Home Shield, that company that's always like, buy your buy our insurance. We'll pay for your water here or some shit like that. Oh, I don't know that one. That seems okay. country as hell. <laughs> it's not really um, country. So then they go to, um, he goes to the hotel. Mm-hmm. He, this is where he finds out the Kaplan has not been there. He checked out at 7 o'clock or 7.30. But the message came at 9. The message came at 9, <gasps> yes. Hours later, so that doesn't add up. And that he was already increasing suspicions when all this plane scene happened. And mm-hmm. he figured out that this clearly couldn't be the place. He was set up. Um, but he Obvious. does see Eve yes. in the lobby in a nice gown. And he does some looking good... Looking gorgeous. He does That's some a good, sweet dress. Yeah, it is. But he does some good sleuth work. Where he's like asking about Kaplan, and he's like, and then he watches her go up in the elevator. Oh yeah, he sees and the he's number of the floor. Four, and he's like, by the way, I'm supposed to meet Miss Eve. Uh, Eve Kendall. Eve Kendall. And room she, four, something or other. I, can you look it up for me? I forget which room number it is. And he's like, the guy's suspicious, but he's like, 
I don't think he's suspicious at all. I think he's classic. Like I don't. He's like I don't care. I'm just gonna hand out information willy nilly. Uh, which way, he shouldn't be. No, but also this, bad news. This is back in the day where I he's guess, already asked for one person. How many people are you gonna answer about? So many people. He's like so many hotels also are just easily giving up. Like what room is this person in? And I they're like, classic, oh yeah, this. I think that's a classic old school thing though. Yeah, because they do Absolutely. not do that now. No, for sure. They no. very much do not do that now. Yeah, no. For like domestic abuse or, like, classic, reasons and like, stuff like that. Hand out room keys and shit. Like they yeah. handed out a room key earlier in this to the mom. <laughs> right. Well, she, they I mean, gave him a room key. You're not gonna trust that mom. No, I don't trust her at all. Her charm. I don't like her. She's mean. I assume she was very charming, and she doesn't trust her poor son. Yeah, that was so fucked up. Poor my sister. What? I'll just l- because he drank a whole bottle of liquor and then went driving? Leave him alone. Let him drink the bourbon. He also <laughs> also drunk driving is only two dollar fee back then, dude. $2, that ain't that bad, bro. He was threatened to have his license revoked if he didn't do the blood test. That's a quarter of a pub sub. This film is not endorsed by drunk driving. Do not drunk drive, guys. But also eat pub subs. Do eat pub subs. Uh, use coupon code Harbor underscore Boys for the. There's uh, no underscores in her promo codes. You don't know that. Don't lie to the people, Jacob. To I'm be fair, to get them to follow. Oh our my Insta. god. Yeah, two dollars back then was only seventeen dollars. That's two pub subs. <laughs> chicken tenny or otherwise. I two love a chicken, chicken tender tendies. Sub. Buffalo chicken Wait. tender. What do you get in a chicken tender sub? I get it tossed in buffalo sauce. No. Yes, that's the only way that's to do it. it. I, don't I mean, that. you're already wrong, but keep going. Provolone <laughs> cheese, lettuce, okay. um, ranch dressing, because it's buffalo. Buffalo and ranch. Yeah. Yeah. If you do buffalo, you have to go ranch. I agree with that. Sentiment. Okay. What's next? I don't um, traditionally go buffalo. I like banana peppers. Pickles. How spicy do you want this? It's not that spicy. Banana peppers aren't spicy. They're do, tangy. Do you want to just poop the entire sandwich out as soon as you eat it? That's only you. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. I don't really... I don't poop at all. <laughs> you poop four or five times a day. You're like... I've the, never pooped in my life. You're like the supreme <laughs> leader of North Korea. He never poops. <laughs> you guys missed it, but he's, he just looked at me with the, the straightest face I've ever seen and said that. I don't know why you're laughing. So, um, hey, what's your pub sub? Oh, I've probably only gotten two in my life. What? You've well, only two gotten. Chicken ta- I assume when you say pub sub, you, you mean chicken tender. What is your go to? What is your go to pub sub? Chicken no matter tender. what, chicken tender. You only gotten two. Of You've them? only gotten two pub subs. No, I've in your gotten more life? than two, but I, 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 but I haven't gotten them very frequently. What did you get on it though? Are you actually from Palm Harbor? I think I did. Well, see, I, I just go to other places, not a supermarket, to get um, a sandwich. Oh, you're, so you're a fucking snob. Oh, he, well, he goes to the place we're getting lunch from, probably, or dinner from later. He doesn't know Salmon Old Gyros and Subs. <laughs> That's my place. <laughs> I found I that you. place. Also, we got to bring you to Delco's sometime. And Lenny's. Yeah, shout out Delco's and Lenny's. It sounds like you're two both Philadelphia places. Sounds which like you're is avoiding the around here. You're <laughs> avoiding the question. Um, but well, I would, I do Philly's a chicken play. tender. I do a chicken tender sub. Yeah. Um, I would do like lettuce, tomato, pickles, and then ketchup and mustard. That sounds fucking disgusting. Ketchup and mustard on a oh yeah. I'm a chicken tenders chopped and tossed in ranch, cheddar cheese toasted. More Just ranch. ranch without the fucking... More ranch, then some lettuce, some garlic pickles, and some more ranch on top. What I'm hearing is he just wants ranch. Yeah, you and Marissa are fucking obsessed with I mean, ranch. that's 100% Marissa's sandwich, and I just really like it, so... <laughs> you need to try the buffalo toss. I don't like buffalo. With chicken. a dab of ranch. Yeah, with the ranch. I'm also not the Migos, so I don't like a dab of ranch. I do like a little bit of mustard on mine on occasion. 
So you mustard yelled at me about mustard, and then what? No, I yelled at mustard you about the ketchup. And ranch seems I like, like a ketchup weird combo. and chicken tenders. How is that weird? Ketchup and mustard and chicken tenders. Yeah, you just did chicken nuggets with ketchup and mustard. That's different. How it's is not, that different? It's not a sandwich. How yeah. is that different? It's not a sandwich. You guys are fucking cowards. Thank you, We're Trevor. not cowards. I think he's right. Everybody sound off in the comments. Yeah, please let us know. We'll put a fucking Instagram I think up. it's weirder to just do the nuggets with mustard. Why? <laughs> this is bullshit. I also did nuggets with ketchup and mustard, not just mustard. I'm just saying it's weird. <laughs> no, I've never dipped my fucking nuggets in spicy mustard. Nuggets? Ketchup, brown mustard. I've done ketchup. I'm shit on your chest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus. I've done ketchup with like a little bit, maybe like sriracha or something, a little spicy. That's not mustard. That's though. not weird and that's different. Yeah, I know, but I'm just throwing out my Get mouth. out of the room. <laughs> all right, all right. So we need two votes. Chat. We need... Chat <laughs> live. <laughs> Buffalo chicken we tender need, sub. We need what's your dressing for a Publix chicken tender sub. All right. I think most people are going to say either ketchup or mayonnaise. You guys got to remember. That's insane. I think people are going to say mayonnaise. Mayonnaise that's with insane. chicken is like people's go-to. Mayo is the dressing? Yeah. Before I swear ranch or buffalo? Am I wrong that people love chicken and, and mayo? Yeah, mayo's good. I'll throw mayo on mine sometimes. Even. Mayo's disgusting. How many spoonfuls of mayo do you have in a day, Trevor? Oh, God. Um, Sorry, I just punted my fucking paper across. Depends the on the day. Like, right. what am I eating for dinner? Depends Don't on care. the day. How many spoonfuls do you have? <laughs> You're sick. You're a sick fuck. All right, wait. So we had chicken tender toppings, right? Chicken tender dressing, and then second question, Abby, is chicken tenders. <laughs> I was just adding. What? Because she's gonna post on the on the Instagram. Oh, okay. What's your chicken tender dressing? Is it ketchup? Is it Ketchup and mustard? Is it just mustard? Or is it fill-in sauce here? Buffalo sauce with ma- with ranch. You dip straight tendies in buffalo and ranch? Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'm talking, talking about, about fucking... Sandwich, though. I'm talking about chicken nuggies. Too. I I'm thought t- you were talking about okay. uh, sub. <laughs> Pull one, chicken tendies sub. Pull two, chicken nuggets. Oh. What's your dip? Well, now, are we considering boneless well, wings go- chicken tenders? No. Okay. Of course not. I will go ketchup for both. Point blank. Ketchup, yeah. If I gun on to my head, tenders. ketchup. I'm saying ranch on the sub. Gun to my head, ketchup ranch for on both. the sub on the on the chicken nugs, ketchup mustard, nugs, but spicy brown nugs. I really love Chick Fil A sauce though. We're not talking about Chick Fil A nugs. Are we though. at Chick Fil A, dude? We're at fucking. You said nugs. Jacob just made a fucking Dino nugs in his oven. You know what, what is your dip? My ovy. If he made it in the oven and there's there was Chick-fil-A there was sauce. There was Chick-fil-A sauce. You yeah, you fucked up, nerd. There was ranch in there, too. Oh, I could have eaten the Chick-fil-A sauce. I almost dipped the Fritos in the ranch before. I, I wanted you to. That's why we of. saved them. I would have... Uh, Trevor, we saved your dessert from last time. It's I'm eating it. Still. Oh, thanks, man. I'm of course it. I didn't eat it. I thought you would eat it. No, I'm going to eat it. I should have texted you and said you can eat that. I would never. I'll eat it tonight. Good. Um, but man, Was it apple strudel or something? Yeah, it was apple strudel. Yeah. Shout out, um, okay. Lucky Dill. That's Lucky our Dill. that's our chicken tangent for the week. Please sound off in the comments or in the chat, whatever you prefer. Or in the Instagram story. Instagram story. I can't um, believe I forgot the Abby YouTube reads, comments, SoundCloud everything. comments. All right. Well, definitely not SoundCloud comments. I won't look at those. I'll look at them. <laughs> I'm serious. I'll pull up the account and I'll look at them. I'll re- I'll re- I'll reply to them on my own account. Craft right Beats. 
Craft underscore Don't fucking beach. shout yourself out, you coward. I'm, anyway. I'm, I'm just mad I forgot the Chick-fil-A sauce was in there. So we said great set pieces. That's my my note after bus stop shot fire. I don't know what that um, okay. Yeah, so they're so, at the hotel, and he's talking to Eve again as great she's scene, in a hotel room. Great scene. Yeah. Great um, espionage. Yes, so he goes and takes a fake shower as his suit is being cleaned great up. Great fake shower. And He's she, very forward with her. She dips out. When he shows up. She he's dips like, the fuck out. How about we have sex? And she's like, no, I don't know. Maybe. He's also like, you tricked me. And pointing at her. Yeah, yeah, true. He's like, he immediately goes from, you tricked me to, how about we bone? Like, well, almost let, let in the shower. Trying to distract her. Yeah, true. But still, it was, uh, at the moment, I was like, wow. This but is she dips wild. hard. She dips super hard. But also, they're knows. in love. They are in love. He knows. He's, he's watching. Well, she's in love. He's... In kind lust. of in love, but really fucking pissed. He's in lust. Is he? I think he's, he's just lust, bro. I think <laughs> he's just. I think he's just really mad. No, he's trying to. He's trying to. I'm not gonna say it. He's in lust. Um, he's trying to bone. Yeah. So then the next scene is at the Don't art gallery, the art auction. Great art scene. auction. Yeah. He um, fantastic. He scene. does the great detective move and does the pencil rubbing on the notepad yes, to get to be able to find the Addy. Yeah. Twelve, twelve. The thing that everyone has done for every spy movie ever. After this. After this. Great point. Yeah, absolutely. After this. This I was the progenitor. I feel like this, I feel like this fucking movie is getting overlooked by you guys because you're like I think like other movies have done it. What, have you ever heard of Mission Impossible? Bitch. I it really came out think nineties. I really think that it it did. I mean, it it really set the precedent for like almost every espionage film. Has that sure. move ever been done before this movie? I don't know. I'm sure it has, but like I'm counting a, this on this much of a scale. Maybe. Who's to say? And on this good? Someone who actually knows things? We'll put this on the uh, Patreon. Uh, <laughs> show me something double uh, uh, of where we answer our yeah, own questions. Yeah, where we talk off mic. Where we answer our own questions. <laughs> we do not actually have a Patreon as of right now, but stay tuned. Let us know if you want one in the comments. Let us know if you want us to... If you, if you, guys if you want to pay, pay us. for us. <laughs> Pay for us to stay unemployed and just do this for the rest of our lives. Um, Patreon. Yeah, so they are at the art gallery, and uh oh, Eve is with Mr. Van Dam. Oh, hand around her neck, very menacingly. Yeah, that's breast. a weird shot. He does not have her breast. He's massaging her neck. I don't think that's massaging. I feel like that's grabbing. Choking. You think he's choking? Back uh, neck? And Leonard is there. Choking the back neck? Good old Leonard, classic third wheel. Shout classic out Leonard. Classic third wheel. Shout Leonard. out Leonard. Classic Jaws Jr. Classic loves to watch. <laughs> You're kind of like Leonard. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway. Why? Um, Just why, classic why? anti-trope, right? What? No. <laughs> Maybe... I don't like that I answered that so quickly. Um, yeah, that's the that's the part where I wrote uh, the note where the two bad guys look like Bond villains. Um, and then also, Roger is very upset, and Eve is super sad. She starts, they do a shot of her, and she's, like, crying. Yeah, she's teary-eyed. Because he is in front of them talking about, like, how pissed off he is and how much she betrayed him. Yeah. He's pissed like off because he was of manipulated. And Leonard. Yeah, and you also you have and that she can't react because she have needs that, to be stoic in front right. of Mr. Van Dam. Right, and you have that shot of Mr. Van Dam's hand coming off her shoulder, like he's pissed that she manipulated Thornhill with her own advances in the train. 
It's almost as if he wasn't aware of what happened to train. Yeah, besides. or like what length she had to go to. Right, like, was it just a general seduction or was it a physical seduction? But like, at the end of the day, it seems like he set her up for that. Like, 100%. He, yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, so like, you are the reason why she was in that train car. So like, what did you Thornhill. expect? Right. But regardless, he gets confirmation of the fact that it was a physical thing. And like, Yucky removes his hand off of Eve's shoulder. Yeah. So then there's our first glimpse of unrest between Eve and Van Damme. And then you get into this, basically like, they go back and forth intellectually, right? Thornhill and Van Damme about whatever the fuck is going on between the two of them. Yeah. Their espionage. Thornhill tries to leave the room because he understands what's happening, right? He's been played essentially yeah. after they bid on the statue right they bid on a statue they won thornhill gets bid. blocked at two different entrances by henchmen by henchmen including leonard is the second block yes he then sits down among the crowd of the auction he squeezes in and then this is just like the best fucking thing like i like this shit he realizes that the only way he can get out is if he makes a scene because right. he feels like he gets escorted off. out He's better off going with, the, with police. the police right? than with anybody else. Right. So he tries to leave by himself of his own volition, is blocked off by Van Damme henchmen. The knife realizes, throwing one. Huh? The knife throwing one. The knife throwing one. Yes. Realizes that his only escape, essentially, is the police. So he sits down, as Jacob mentioned, like butts in on a row of the auction and starts making like ridiculous bets. Like... And betting. starts talking about how the art is fake and yeah. bullshit. He keeps this is making fake. He like, keeps making, I'll bid twelve dollars. Yeah, because that's more than it's worth. Yeah, he like makes that. a bunch of like even like regular bids that are like well under what the current bid is, or well, well over. Yeah, right. He's like, it's like three thousand, and he's like twelve hundred, and it's like the Dude, current so bid's three thousand. He's like, I know twelve hundred. So it's like good. what? They like he throws the auctioneer off. He shows the he throws the crowd off. Bad auctioneer would be being thrown off that bad. Like ignore him and keep. I mean, going. I'm sure that never happens. <laughs> yeah, I guess in the, a place like that. Yeah, that shit was great. And the the variation of reactions between the crowd, like at first being like angry about what he's doing, but then they eventually start to laugh at what and he's doing. Then they doing. get angry again. Yeah. Right. Then they get angry again when it like is truly well and truly throwing off their process. Um, I mean, if you go to that kind of thing, you definitely want to. You're going there for the art. Right. You're not going it's there like, for like a fucking party. Keep this shit yeah. moving. Like, let me spend my money and let's keep it, keep it going. But yeah, that was that shit was hilarious. And his whole like three thousand, like, oh, my money's not good enough for you. Bit eventually, they re- like the auction house realizes we need to remove this man forcibly. So they call the police. Call mm-hmm. the, police. the police. Police come and get him. him. He's excited as hell because that was his whole intent. Yeah, he makes like a side remark on his way out to the to, henchmen. To knife throwing henchmen. Took you long enough? Or, yeah. Uh, that one was like, I think... Like, Maybe better luck, better next, luck time. next time. Yeah. yeah. So they escort him out. No handcuffs. Nope. No handcuffs, mind you. Never. Even and in the, the even in the back of the of the of the cop car when they find out that he's like a, a well known murderer, still no handcuffs. Well, also because he <laughs> straight up he straight up tells them that he's a well known murderer. Yeah, and they're but then just they get a call. But also, the professor is at the auction. Yeah, which is wild. What do you think that he put himself in that scenario to get like potentially to get caught? Or what, what? I guess he was there being the actual spy that. Um, what uh what's his name the fake name 
I'm I'm for, I'm having a blackout. Who are you trying to think Kaplan? of? Kaplan, yeah. I guess he was there being like an actual secondary spy that Kaplan's not. There's a lot of different spies going on right now. Yeah, so I don't know. It was kind of weird that the professor was there. Yeah. But yeah, so... So he makes the call to the police officers, basically yes. that uh, you need to drop this man off at the airport. I'm the FBI. You do what I say. And I'm they're, federal, homie. And they're like, okay, I guess so. Like, yeesh, this guy did kill a guy, but mm, let's just drop him off at the but airport. Also, wall. I guess if the FBI says he didn't, then he didn't. Or, but they also don't yeah, know that. I mean, it's the FBI, or... so. Um, yeah, so then he gets, uh, he goes to the Northwest Terminal, shout out title, um, of, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of the airport, and then hangs out with the professor, and they go to Mount Rushmore after convincing him, basically, to go. He's like, hey. They're on the tarmac as he's convincing him. Hey, be our spy. Like, continue to be George Thorogood. And he's like, no, that's stupid. And he's like. What did you say? But <laughs> you mean George Captain? George Captain. George Thorogood. <laughs> George, continue to be George Kaplan, and he's like, "No, that's dumb." And then, also, they do the great shot of like where you can't hear any of their audio, and yeah. all you hear is the airplane. Dude, I love that. That was a good I shot. I love that. But he was like, "What about Miss Eva? Eve? Oh, I'm really bad Eve at Eve. What are you Miss Kendall? What's going Eva. on? Eva. Wally. Eva." Classic. Oh, uh, I mean, my my first thought was um, Parasite Eve, which is an old video game. Anyways, wow. Anyways, is that a head side <laughs> game? No, it is not. It's a game that is unfortunately a dead franchise at this point. Rip. Um. Anyways, uh, Miss Kendall, don't you aren't you curious about her? And he's like, hmm, what? What? Why are you bringing her up? And it's like she's the agent. She's the agent. And he's like, oh fuck. He's like, and if you fuck off, then she's in danger. And she's like, gonna die. She's going to die, and you can't ever see her again. And he's like, oh, I guess I'll help. And he's like, yeah, if you help, then what's his name? Van Damme will get out of the country, and you and her can be together. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I'm game then, 100%. Let's do this shit. I want to get my dick wet again. Damn. <laughs> he said that literally verbatim. Which is crazy. Um, so then they go to Mount Rushmore um, and are talking as they're looking at these sites and stuff and getting ready for this whole scenario and waiting on van damme um, and eve and to show up what's yeah. his face to show up and this is where they have their big acting moment um so they're in the dining hall of like this like resort outside or maybe just like um i think it's like the visitor center yeah visitor center yeah that's like the a cafeteria for. yeah um for mount rushmore and they have a conversation um roger and uh mr van damme about what's going on and what they're going to do and how much he... And, and basically the scenario of them trading Eve for his safe transport outside of the country. Right. And he doesn't agree to it. They don't like it. And then Eve comes in. Does he never... Does he actually not agree to it? Or I do don't think he agrees to it. He's like, why would I do that just for peace of mind? He's like, do you think I don't like her that much after all this? I feel like, I feel like they never actually end the conversation fully. I mean, they don't because she comes in. She comes in. So, like, I feel like... We never actually get to hear Van Damme's actual answer on the whole thing. Yeah, and he continues, Roger continues to be antagonistic towards Eve. Yes. Continuing from the um, auction house, like, ant antagonist. Yeah. Um, so then she pulls a gun on Roger and shoots him twice. Bang, bang. Bang, what kind of gun was it? That looked like it would be a thirty-two, uh, a point. Two shots out of how many? Point three two. Uh, that looked. I think I have a very similar gun to that at home, and that thing holds 
five or six rounds. Not a lot. One shot to the leg, one shot it's to the chest. It's a very small gun, but also that very well could be a .38 caliber. A Walther PP7? Uh, I don't think it was a Shout Walther. Shout out James Bond. I should have looked this one up. Damn but it. you I didn't. didn't. I didn't is. look this one now up. Now you're going to be prepared, though, for the next Fucking podcast. Fucking gun boy. <laughs> Where me and Will consistently call you out on weapons. Shouldn't have started off that way. Um... Yeah, so then she runs away. Everybody freaks out. The professor runs over pretending to be a doctor um, and tends to Roger and basically says that he is dead um, to the stand the standardbys. Right. Um, and they By call standards. in paramedics. Standardbys. Uh. <laughs> so, uh, and they call in paramedics and bring him off on a stretcher. It is a Colt Model 1908 vest pocket, and it is a .25 caliber, which I do actually have a gun in that caliber. It's a very, very small caliber uh, pocket pistol. Don't know how many rounds it has, but that also doesn't really matter. Well, it does to you, right? Uh, I mean, not in this case. She only fires twice. You're the resident gun We expert. get one shot, so that's three later on. <laughs> and then we hear three more, and that's definitely well within a .25 caliber's range of so ammo capacity. Sense. Yeah. No, that one worked out fine. Good continuity, Alfred. Shout out Hitchcock. If you're listening to this. Don't know the exact ammo count on that model, but in terms of the one I have at home, that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they end up driving the the ambulance into the woods as he's been picked up on the stretcher. Yes. Um, and she has driven the car by herself up to... Uh, she's saying she's going back to the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. or whatever. That's, crazy her, they a, that's her alibi, but they meet in the woods. Yes, yeah, crazy they didn't put any squibs on him because there was probably no blood on the floor. Whenever they picked him up. But you saw yeah. the Professor wipe up his chest and pretend like it was blood. Yeah, but he wiped his like face too with that rag. But I also yeah. just kind of feel like this is... The time it's period? A, yeah, it's an old movie, so they're not going to show a lot of blood. Yeah, I guess so. But like, I don't know. For me, I would expect there to at least be some sort of squib. Or That's very new age. Okay. Maybe a bulletproof vest when she actually shoots him. This sounds new age. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um... But yeah, so then they uh, are talking. Get time to get blanks. Also for a point to uh, whatever. They're talking in the woods. So, <laughs> um, and they have their little moment again where they're like, they're like, oh, oh I didn't I know. Love I love you. you. So You're the best. Much. You're the greatest. And then she's like, oh, she's sad. like, I still gotta go on my freaking mission. And he's like, what? And she's like, you didn't tell him. It's like, no, she's going with Van Dam across the out yeah. of the country. And, and she's sad. He's pissed. You'll never see her again. And yeah, so then his driver, the park ranger, punches him out. Another Great classic, shot. Another classic punch out. It's a really good shot, Great too. Shot. It's like a POV punch. It's a really nice shot. Um, yeah, so they're at the hospital, and he's talking to the professor, and he asks him to go get a drink for him as he's getting dressed again. And then... In um, a shirt and slacks. In this um, little time when, when the professor's going to get drinks for them together, he escapes through the window. Yes, which you'd think they'd have the window locked. No, man. And he Fetch goes some and sees, he goes into the room next to them, and he sees another horny blonde. Fucking what the fuck What's is the up point with this guy's shot? face? What's I don't the point know. Of that shot? <laughs> I assume it's to establish that our main character is incredibly attractive. She says... Yeah, I wrote down lady in the hospital wants to fuck him. No glasses? She says, no, no! And she puts on her glasses, no. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, for some reason, like a Denzel I have mom. written down, I called it on the lady being the agent. I don't know why. You're Did smart. Did you call it? I guess I called it earlier on in the movie, but I don't remember yeah, calling Riz it. Yeah, Riz called it at the train. 
maybe I called it at the tra- oh you know what I totally called it at the train and Doesn't then sound like it sounds like I took it back whenever um she was part of Van Damme's entourage. I was like, I guess she's not the agent, but then I guess I was right in the end. Anyways, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but yeah, I have written down after that a little bit after that is damn women really like his face because. And then they um, escape to or well, he goes to Van Damme's estate. Yeah, on the top of Mount Rushmore. It's a sweet ass house. It's a dope house. Um, How reminds he, me of uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, the famous yeah, architect. Agreed. How does he know that's where she is? I missed that part. I think that um, they mentioned that he uh, that she was going back to the estate when she was driving away initially. Okay. Like, and going the long way around, like through the woods. So uh, he probably had like a vague that it understanding was up, of where it was up in that area. Yeah, above Mount Rushmore. Um. So he goes to the house and he. Um, tries to like sneak around the house and sneak up to where her bedroom is at and like try to see what's going on, like get a gist of the situation. That's this is great. where we see uh, Mr. Van Damme and Leonard have like their conversation, which yep. is like a really intense conversation when um, Leonard basically like shoes Eve away and he talks to Van Damme about how she is a spy and then shoots the motherfucker twice in the in the chest. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he shoots Mr. Van Dam, but it's the blanks. Right, it's the gun with the blanks. So yeah, like, that was a great twist. I loved. I mean, I I knew as soon as he shot Van Dam that it was gonna be the gun that Eve had been using for sure. Um. Well, I honestly, there was a small part of me that thought whenever like he had the gun sitting behind him. Yeah. During that uh, shot from uh, Roger Rogers' point of view. Yeah, from yeah. outside the wall. From outside. outside yeah, um, I was like, is he going to kill him? Yeah. Like, there was a small part of me that's like, that's probably the blanks, but there's a small, there was a part of me that was like, he might be killing him to, yeah. to get the credit with whatever nation he's supposed to, probably Russia, obviously. But, right. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. That was kind of cool. But also, why didn't Eve, she had tons of time to either get rid of that gun. Just get rid of it. Or at least change the ammo back out. Right. Because she had this gun earlier. It probably had real bullets in it at one point. Right. So put the real bullets back in. If you're a FBI or CIA or whatever intelligence agency agent, you have to think you would be cognizant enough to do, like get rid of that To be fair, at this situation. point, we also just found out that she has not always been an agent. Yeah, she, she legitimately was or is lover. a um, architect or what is she? I'm not sure, but she I met forget. him at a party. She met him at a party and legitimately did just like him, like him, and then became an agent. So I guess maybe she doesn't have all the training to know. But you would think the professor during that time, whenever she's like with them, would be like, "Oh, by the way, give me that fucking gun. Like, you'll get found out. Yeah. <laughs> give me the gun." So that was that was wild. But anyway, they are headed to the. They're waiting on the airplane to show up at their airstrip, right? Um, to try to get out of Dodge, and um, she is getting ready. And then this is when Roger is starting to climb up the uh, the wall to try yeah. to get her. But he gets up right as she is leaving the room. So then he enters the room and then sees her on the couch. And this is where we didn't mention it before, but he all of his things 
have um, rot spelled on them because it's his initials. Well, the O doesn't R-O-T. mean anything, but yeah. R and T, Roger Thornhill. I bet um, the O means something. He, he just says it means nothing, but yeah, yeah but... That, that, that's the only reason I say that. He says it means nothing. But um, so he throws down his matchbook that has rot on it, and he has a little message for her like, they found you out. I'm, I'm in your room. I'm upstairs. Come talk to me. Yeah. Basically. And he launches it down and Leonard sees it first. That shit was so good. It was really good where Thinks he sees it, it and then just picks it up and puts it in the bowl where it's supposed to be. Yeah. yeah exactly. Like, and then she looks at it and you see her like like jolt a little bit, like, yeah. what the fuck? Because it says rot on it. And she knows. Yeah. Um and she reads it and then goes up and makes the excuse that she lost her earring or needs or to find forgot her, her earrings or something. Right. Yeah. Um but she only gets to talk to him for like a split second and he tells her the the what's going on but then she has to go and the, the statue has, has the microfilm in it yes this microfilm this this mysterious microfilm <laughs> that like they don't really say anything else about well, i assume the microfilm is either recordings or plans or something it's something that, it's intelligence of some that sort. the russians can't get yeah they don't want the russians to have it that's kind of which so the whole time i'm wondering why the fuck are they letting this spy go like they yeah. know the the fbi knows he's a spy they know he has info. Why are they letting him leave? Are they assuming because he has fake intelligence? Why is he? It's all part of a bigger plan, my dude. But why is he allowed to leave? And then later on, since they got the microfilm, I assume is why everything worked out fine. Why the fuck was he being allowed to leave? Because they want to get rid of the entire network. But that's not getting rid of the network. That's just letting another piece go back. Get rid of him. I don't understand why say. they're letting him leave. Is my only question. Well, they're obviously fine with it because he just they, knows about it. If they knew that they gave him fake information, I 100% understand letting him leave. But he has real information in the film, in the point of the microfilms that nobody knows about. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say what the actual motive of the professor is. Like, he's uh, pretty... Like, he doesn't really tell you his plan. Yeah. Like, it's... It's clearly because they are keeping all the FBI secrets to themselves. Like these these random people, even though she's a spy, she was still somebody off the street. And then yeah. he is literally off the street. He doesn't. They don't need to know the plan. They just need to be there and report on it. True, but still, like, I don't. know. I mean, know. I think that's what it is. Like, it's just, weird that they. There's a bigger plan involved that we don't know. They don't want to let him go, but then he was there. You know what I mean? Like at the end. Ah, uh, whatever. Well, he didn't want him there. I'm jumping ahead. No, not that part. The other part. The fact that the professor was at the facility oh, yeah. and arrested. I think that's also him knowing that the only place he would have escaped to was to go find Eve. I guess so. Like, but... if he went, because it only, would only take him a couple minutes to go back to the room with the drinks and be like, oh, he left. He clearly went the only place he would go, which was to Eve. <laughs> yeah, true. But I don't know. It's just weird that they were going to let this spy leave to me. Like, without any sort of, like, we gave him false information or something. Yeah. Something to let the audience know. Why the fuck is this spy being allowed to leave? Yeah. I'm sorry. Anyways. You think they need to over-explain themselves? Think, no, I don't think, think they need to... think it's good when films over-explain themselves? No, I don't think it's good when films over-explain themselves. I think it's nice to have at least a hint of something. Show your fucking hand, film. Yeah. I don't want... I really f- love when films over-explain things. I don't want it over-explained. the audience is dumb. <laughs> I want something. Yeah. I want more than nothing. And I feel like I had nothing. Why is he being allowed to leave? Yeah. Give me a reason. Any reason. Any. He's 
the professor's brother and the professor just doesn't want his brother killed or arrested like fine i don't give a fuck what the reason is i want a reason why are you looking at me like this no i'm just listening i yeah i disagree (laughs) anyways yeah so the housekeeper catches so they they go to leave and eve is told that she needs to not get on that plane and get the statue yeah um so uh basically roger um gets um held at gunpoint by the maid that's in the house because she sees him in the tv reflection yes as she's putting away glasses that shot was really good it's so fucking awesome so good Good on the maid for picking up on that too. Like seeing someone in the reflection and, and being cool as fuck. Yeah, she played so it off really cool. well. She's like, oh. And it takes him a little bit to realize too that is the blank gun because we have this long shot of like um, the three of the of them, Leonard, Van Dam, and Eve, looking at each other as they're walking down this airstrip, and you can see the tension building mm-hmm. as Eve's like trying to figure. Eve is out. understanding that her where her scenario is at, where she's gonna die. She has the statuette and. Van Damme is also looking uneasy, yeah. which we don't figure out until a little bit later. And then Leonard is just looking like he wants to fucking kill him. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they eventually see, or they hear the gunshots, and then they see Roger run out of the house. And get in a car. Yes. Um, and they end up escaping into the woods. Yes. They, they drive away real quick, and then it's like, oh, the gate's locked. Yes. Jump out of the car. Jump out of the car, run into the woods. Yeah. And they uh How end do up none running... of his henchmen have guns? They're on trash. Them? They end up running towards um Mount Rushmore. Which while they're the, on top like, of Mount Rushmore the, where like, the like face of it. Where National Treasure took place. National Treasure Two. National Treasure Two. They were on top of Mount Rushmore in that lake, which is not there expl- inexplicitly. Damn. Haven't se- well I think I have seen National Treasure Two. It's been a fucking minute. I haven't. First one only. First one's classic. Uh, classic. Most Two recently, is... when I did watch it, not that classic. Kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it since I watched it. The I wouldn't first watch time. it again. But yeah, unless, so... you, unless you're a Sean Bean man, I love Sean Bean. Love, love him. Not love a... some good Still Sean not... Bean. Classic Boromir. Still not worth it. Classic Boromir. Classic, classic Edard Stark. Classic bad guy in Goldeneye. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, 006, Right, is who he is. But then he's like the other guy. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they run off and they're climbing down the front of Mount Rushmore. Yeah, so our final set piece. Yes. Big set piece. Mount we, Rushmore. We talked about it a little bit earlier. So, Cobb, you said this is a, a built Mount Rushmore? It lo- yeah, for and sure. It, it very it much looks, looks like, like yeah. one. No, it is. I'm sorry. I, I posed that a question. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in the Amazon Prime, quote unquote, X-ray, where it said this is not filmed on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. It's filmed on a soundstage. and. They had to take very careful consideration of what shots they showed with the president's faces because they couldn't show any quote-unquote violence in the same frame as the face of a president. Oh, interesting. Makes, yeah. That's kind of interesting. But it makes ma- sense. Kind of makes sense, yeah. yeah. I mean, whoever owns Mount Rushmore, I'm assuming it's the United States government. Yeah, of course it's the government. Doesn't want that to be it's associated. It's a national <laughs> Jeff Bezos, dude. <laughs> it's a national park. I fucking own it. All right. <laughs> They don't want it to be associated with violent content. For sure. So, so there, if you watch that scene, uh, which is quite long, um, it's very drawn out, in my opinion. It doesn't need to be as long as it is, but again, I'm in the camp where this movie's a little bit too long for its own good. <laughs> um, you'll notice that 
any scene of violence such as the music is great during this. Scene, oh, by the way. yeah, it's fucking amazing. I mean, the tension and and suspense that this scene generates is incredible. Don't by the get way, me wrong, she makes it a pretty good way down Mount Mush Mount Mount Mushmore Mount Rushmore. Uh, in her high heels before yeah. she takes them off. She, she does take them good. off eventually. Yeah, because the high heel breaks. She's a spy. Yeah, chef. but I was like, damn, that's, that's impressive. And he fucking knocks one of the henchmen off the uh, mountain. Yeah, that's crazy. Falls knife, to his fucking death. It's a knife throwing one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, good he for him. Good, he gets his comeuppance. Um, Great and work. Then, um, so they are Thanks, hanging off the side of the mountain, and Eve is hanging on to um, Roger's hand. And Roger's like barely hanging on himself. Yes. And he tries to get Leonard to help him. Leonard has the statue. At Why this would point. Leonard ever help them? And then he Leonard puts his foot on Roger's hand. So when Leonard first started walking that over there, shot. I was like, "Why the fuck is he going to help them? Why is he suddenly having a heel turn? This is crazy!" And then he puts his foot on his hand, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." yeah. By the way, no fucking way that that um, park ranger made that shot with his pistol. That was a really long shot. So. What, well, kind of gun, the, what kind of gun was it, Trevor? What kind of gun was it, you fucking nerd? It's probably just a, a standard issue revolver. I think it was the fucking Han Solo pistol with the scope on it. <laughs> they don't have it um, Yeah, so they... If they, you play Rainbow Six Siege, uh, they Kaid don't show the gun. and Nomad have a forty four mag with a scope on it, that's what it was. Alright. Um, so they... Sh- <laughs> so they shoot fucking Leonard and he dies and, and falls, falls off down. Fuck you, Leonard! And the statue breaks and you see the microfilm. Yes. Great. Um, also, at the top of the mountain, um, the what's his name, Mr. Professor. Van Dam, has a one-liner. He's up there with the professor. This is where um, something I noticed. I didn't notice this any of the other times when I watched it, but this time I did notice that Van Dam was up there. Um, and he, I think this is where it also shows that he was one of the spies. I think the only person they were trying to find was Leonard, or trying to get no shit. Leonard. Really? Yeah, because he's not handcuffed. He's chilling. He makes a one-liner with the professor. What's he say? Um, he's like, oh, another bullet. It's much less classy or whatever the fuck he says. It's something along those lines. I don't think... I think he's still the bad guy. I think, I that think they, he's why would he still not under be arrest. They didn't even put uh, Roger in handcuffs when they found out he was the murderer. It just seems weird that he's, like, chilling. It does, but I and don't that know. He was There's just no like, way... He just, like, watched them kill the other guy. There's no way he would be just, like... Showing up there with no explanation. Other thing is that it's because of the way he looked at um, Eve when they when he knew that Leonard wanted to kill her because he was looking around like he also wanted the stall. (sighs) But Leonard wasn't going across the border. He was like totally Leonard. Wait, what? Leonard wasn't going with him. He was staying in America. Leonard was yeah, but Leonard wanted to kill her. Leonard Leonard was the one that wanted to kill her. All yeah. the so the things that led up to that was Van Dam punching him when he first heard it. But why couldn't and then, they be... and then in the runway he's looking around like he is trying to stall and trying to waste time and does and he looks antsy like he doesn't want to kill Eve. And then at the end he's not handcuffed and he's chilling with the professor. I think this is a theory. Yeah, I mean I haven't I haven't looked into it I'm or not, read about it. This I'm is, not against this is me. This is just me thinking this on my third viewing. If this comes out true. As of, like the true intention, I will not be that surprised. But I personally do not think so. Right on. What do you think, Will? I don't think that the, that Van Dam is in on it. But at the same time, I appreciate your thought process and your theory. Yeah. Thanks. 
But also you're wrong. Yeah. Okay. For sure. <laughs> um, and then, but that ended. But that would be also be fucking dope. It just seems like the kind of thing they would they wouldn't just like leave up to our imagination, especially Hitchcock, who's so precise in everything he does. But, but this movie especially is like layers on layers of people being who they're not supposed to be. Can we yeah. go to the? Can we go to the ending now, though? Because fucking the what the fuck with this ending? What do you mean the fucking Eve almost falling to her death and, and then like, pulling her up the into quick, the train car? Wait, wait, wait. We have to focus on. It's like Eve. Hold on. I can't. Hold on. I can't. Quick, fast zoom onto Thornhill's face. Fast zoom onto Eve's face. A deeper even zoom onto Thornhill's face. And then he goes out to pull, and as he's pulling, smash cut to the fucking yeah. train car. Fucking what the fuck? It's a great shot. <laughs> I loved it. And then they kiss. And then also. And then the end. Like, no, what? No, 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 no. That's not yet it. And then the train goes in the tunnel, the euphemism of them having sex. Boink. Mm. They're fucking boinking. Yep. Fine. They go in the tunnel, and then the end. What? That shit was great. Like, it was. I don't know if I loved it or if I hated it. I'm I not going to lie. I loved it. Like, I can't tell if I loved it or I hated it. I mean, it's absurd. And I just think that it it plays in super well to the intense pacing of the film. Yeah. Because it's... It's, it's abrupt. It's a film that's paced incredibly deliberately. But I think that there are long stretches of time where it feels like it's dragging intentionally. Yeah. And then it goes very fast, very fast, very fast. And then it's dragging intentionally. Like, the final scene at Mount Rushmore was fucking long. Yeah. There were so many shots of... A lot of them Leonard climbing. Leonard and Thornhill and Eve climbing. And the henchmen. And close... Yeah, whatever henchman's name is. Knife Man. Henchman 1 and 2. Right. Just climbing up and down the stones. But then, like, as soon as henchman dies, and it's just Leonard v. Thornhill... Like, it accelerates like crazy. Yeah. And then it's Leonard dead. Then it's Thornhill v. Rock because he's trying to save Eve. So, for it to be as abrupt as it is, I don't think it's actually as abrupt as it, it's made to feel. Mm-hmm. It seems intentional. And I actually really love the way it ended. Yeah, I like, I like the end. Despite the fact that it seems insane. Yeah, it's a really bizarre shot. It's an it's a it's it's a very unsettling shot. Yeah, it's like what the fuck? Like it really throws you. I love the cut of him pulling her up off the mountain to him into pulling the her up into the bunk into bed. the bunk bed. It's, it was that's wild. Throw back to the bunk bed. It's yeah. amazing. It's an amazing shot. But it was wild. And he's like Mrs. Thornhill, and yeah. they just like they well, both did he call her Miss Thornhill? Yes. Yeah. 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 And it also is a throwback to him I saying that, that he wanted to be back on a train with her. Right. Earlier. True. They're married. By the way, they're the, consecrating the marriage. By the way, the henchman, the knife throwing henchman's name was Valerian. Like Valerian in the uh, Valley of Steel or Blade of Steel. What's that fucking movie? I don't know. With Bla- Dane DeHaan and Cara Delevingne. Uh, let us know in the comments. My if you first know. thought that was, seems like it would have been after. <laughs> it's a Luc Besson film. My th- first thought was Valerian Steel from Game of Thrones. Right. Yeah, on. So, shout out. Oh, fuck, I can't remember the name. Um. Anyway, that's the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, I love this movie. I very much like it. It I'm was glad, good. I'm glad you guys still enjoyed it. I won't say love, but I, solid, very solid, eight out of ten, maybe eight and a half. Cary Grant was fucking amazing. Yeah, his humor, his timing, his poise, his presence was fantastic. Even Reese Saint as well was really good. Everybody else was great. 
but those two deserve special mention. Yeah. Pacing was kind of odd for our current standards, but I think given the time it was made, it was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I, a solid shout. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the over, all, overall plot, I did thoroughly enjoy. The, the beginning kind of was like, why is no one believing him? Kind of annoyed me. And then that last part, I can't tell if I loved or I hated it. Right on. It, it just elicited a strong emotion for me that I am not able to discern at this time. Nice. But That's otherwise... Good. We'll come back to it, maybe. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it was good. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Definitely. I did like it more than Rope. So... Oof. Cool. I like Rope more. And I like this one more. Okay. Right on. I'm the outsider. I'm a Rope boy. <laughs> what was that? Um, uh. But yeah, guys, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you for the next one. <laughs>